The following content is just going to be two hours of Oz still on hold with the unemployment office. Start the show. Yeah, man. Still, uh, still working it out, man. Oh man, be like that. It's that bullshit. Is that bullshit? Certainly. No, let me tell you what actually happened. So they kept me on hold forever. Um, they took my information and said, "Well, since you're filing a new claim, I have to put you on hold with a super. I have to put you on with a supervisor. I'll do that in just a moment." Put me on hold five to ten more minutes and come back. And the dude, I shit you not, the dude comes back and reads me a prompt as if he is a recording. <laughs> as if I didn't just hear this motherfucker's voice telling me to uh, just go ahead and file online, which when you go online, tells you to call the people. So I stop him in the middle of his cooked speech. While you're waiting, if you would like to file a new claim. And I was like, no, just- no, hold on. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, they t- I-, I went online, and they told me to call you. And he said, oh, oh, okay, sorry. Well, hold on. Okay, let me, <laughs> let me bring the other screen up. This fool came back like a recording on that ass. So what you can do is. You can go to the little chat window, and you can request someone to call you for assistance. I'm talking to you right now. But I'm talking to you. I don't understand. And he says, just just, um, request assistance, and somebody, and you'll get an email confirmation, and somebody will be calling you. Not someone will be calling you within 24 to 48 hours. Um, someone will be with you in X amount of time. It is Sunday. That happened Monday morning. Wow. I have not received a phone call. Yep, it's all fucked up out here. Niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy, Oz. Two things I ain't never seen. A turtle with speed and a bitch I need. Oh shit! Give me an explosion! Give me an explosion! <laughs> oh my god! Wait! <laughs> Shout out to Tim. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> no idea what it means. Oh man, I think that's I think that's one of those things. Like I need that like a hole in the head or some shit. I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I did a little. Um, I did a little. Uh, I saw you were going off about a little IG survey that you don't understand. Yeah, man. I just, you know, I, sometimes I just get annoyed with myself. I'm like, why do I? Why do I even say the shit that I say? Um, I, I I told somebody the other day. I was like, yeah, they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I that was me. I said that. Okay, I said that. That was you that said that. Then. I did. And I, you know, it was one of those things that I know what it means, but I. What the fuck does it actually mean, though? What a happened lot, to the first shoe? Well, a lot, and, a, and I'm learning that as ridiculous as a lot of these sayings sound, 
a lot of them do come from somewhere. Like yeah. I, like somebody had to explain to me what the fuck is jumping the shark. And yeah. Well, I think we talked about that on this podcast before, yeah. a very long time ago, yeah. where um, Fonz jumped the shark in an episode, and that's when everybody yeah. knew this shit was getting stupid. Yeah. That was literally a thing that happened. Um, I have a friend that says, if you like it, I love it all the time. No. That's not always true. There's a lot of shit that people like that I really don't give a shit about. I, I, think, the, I, I think the saying is more about just being, I'm happy for you. Sure. I'm happy for you. If, if you, you like it, it I'm happy for you. I, I want for you whatever you want for yourself. Like, people like eggs. I don't fuck with eggs at all. But if you like eggs. If you like it, good I, for you. I love it for you. No. I will not put myself in that situation. If you like eggs, good for you. Keep me out of that shit. Now, in, in retrospect, you said that. I feel like there's some cases where... Um, there was a simple bitch. I should where my 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 homeboys were fucking with a simple bitch. I should have just. I hate it, but if you love it, I'm gonna stop talking. Have <laughs> have your cake and eat it too. Explain that one. I still don't know that one. I still don't get that. I you know one of my friends. I think I think it was Terry. Shout out to Terry. She listens to this. I think she has been complaining about that for years. If it's my damn cake, I'm eating it. There are times when it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be my cake. I mean, let especially me, if it's my cake. Let me say that. <laughs> I have definitely eaten cake that is not my own. I don't want to have cake just to have that shit. Well, that's true too. Yeah. You know, yeah, it just looked good. No, I, no, it's gonna get eaten. Like that. This is why I'm never gonna look like Idris Elba. Well, maybe Idris Elba can catch up to you. Hey, you know, I like it. I like it. I like what we're talking about. Um, it is episode one thirty eight. Keeping Damn. it straight, one thirty eight. We are getting up there, man. Uh, How was your week, bro? Uh, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting that uh, you know we're about to we're we're officially entering the era that we've been waiting for for about a year. Yeah, where the CDC has said that you know vaccinated people can go around. I don't know, man. Maskless. Um, and no one trusts it. The crazy part is the anti-maskers don't trust it. They're like, nah, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Why y'all doing this shit now? Now y'all go put now y'all go get right. Yeah. See, that's what it takes. You have to rev- you have to put the reverse psychology on these motherfuckers. <laughs> Just saying. Um, as a matter of fact, the people that have been masking and doing everything right and are vaccinated also don't trust it. And yeah. it's not that they don't trust the CDC. It was very, very clear. I don't think I don't think anybody's at a point where they don't trust the CDC because, and some people are still with this thing about um, them not being trustworthy, but that's only because they've been changing in the presence of new data and new information, which they're supposed to do. That is what science does. I think the trust comes in is where I think the CDC has a lot of trust in mankind. Mm. They have a lot of trust in the unvaxxed people. That they're going to be like, I've been vaccinated. <laughs> yep. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I have. <laughs> and y'all not and, and y'all at the door, y'all not gonna look at them cards closely. Those are seasonal allergies. Y'all not gonna look at them cards closely. There are people who aren't gonna bring their cards with them everywhere because y'all have already told us not to laminate them, and those get easily fucked up. So it's like taking your social security card places. You gotta be strategic. You know what though, I'm gonna be honest though. Um 
in all honesty, even though I'm vaccinated, I I don't want us to enter into a state where the 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 vaccine card becomes like a passport, so to speak. I, I they've been floating that idea. I know, but I you know I, I'm like I, if people. I do have respect for some people who have chosen to not be vaccinated. Right. It, it, you know, it is a decision. It's not a thing that's mandatory. And as long as you have a reasonable explanation or, a re- you know, a reason for not doing it, I respect that. The thing about uh, people's freedoms is coming a slippery slope. Right. I mean, I, I, I respect that because for many years I chose to not have a flu. Va- I got my first flu vaccine last year. Okay. But I've also never had the flu. And I just, you know, just generally have not wanted to get a flu vaccine that's fair yeah so i I don't think that i don't think that it will be right to 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 necessarily restrict people yeah to restrict people based on that um which is also the reason why i'm going to continue to exercise caution myself when i'm out in, in public same i ain't really going out of house like that yeah I mean, you know, just because I got mine doesn't mean that everybody else got to got to show their card. Like, I don't, I don't want it because that that's a that's a slippery slope that ends in the other shit. Which you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep into that shit. You know, I am trying to figure it. Like, it is getting close to the point where I know I'm going to be out in the world. I am trying to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with my hair. I my pandemic hair has gotten is it you know it it I learned words like shrinkage this year. Um, have was gotten to my. So, are we talking hair. about hair? Yeah. Okay. Stop, sir. I, look, I'm sir. You're right. Hit, hit me with a shut up. There we go. I'll take that. I, I earned that one. Um, but you know, most barbershops I mean, most barbershops have appointment times, and they only have you know yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. number of people. Oh no, no, that's not the concern. Not at all. I, I know, like, it, when I'm ready, I know, I, I, I kind of know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And my thing is just what I want to do with this. I, oh. I have not had hair in a very long time. Yeah. And so this is my first time having hair, and I have a fucking lot of hair. You do. And I'm dealing with all the things that people with hair deal with, like hair in your shower drain and shit. Yeah. Just don't get straight backs. No, I ain't getting no fucking. No, fuck that. Unless you want to start selling drugs. Yeah, I'll tell you what the funny thing is. My mom has been on my ass for years about the possibility of getting locks. And let me tell you, my mom has given up. My mom has given up on the idea of grandchildren, (laughs) as she should. Yeah. Has not given up on the idea of locks. And. Oh, she wants you to have them. Yeah. And 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 anything that takes her mind away from this grandchildren shit, she gave up on a, some years back. Stay giving up on it. Anything that anything to where we don't have to have that conversation anymore. Yeah, my father, God rest him, has like somewhere on like twenty grandchildren. Shit. Borrow one of them. Not really twenty, but it's somewhere up there. Get borrow one of them. They won't mind. No one will miss them. It's twenty. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, my parents finally gave up when I turned forty. Ah, okay, okay. It was, uh, it was a long struggle. So other than having hair issues and um, uh, catching up on some shows, not much. I I did I did get to watch uh, 
Those Who Wish Me Dead on HBO, on HBO Max. You seen that? The Angelina Jolie joint. Oh, I haven't watched it. Not bad. Okay, because it's about the little kid in the yeah, forest. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. Well, it's the dude who wrote, uh, like, Sicario. Okay, I was waiting on somebody else's. Because I, I saw Tyler Perry, I think. See? And I was like, let me... That's, that's what made me a little... Uh, but he only has, like, that five, less than five-minute scene. All right. Other than that, it's a great cast. Okay. It, it's a really good cast. I, I have... Underestimated John Bernthal, the Punisher dude. Yeah, I like him in everything he's in. I I, I underestimate how much I enjoy him as an actor. He's I, I I don't I can't even say that I've disliked him in anything I've seen. I've liked him in everything he, I've seen him in, even his time in Walking Dead. Yeah, he was a great Shane. Yeah, he was a great Shane. He was a very and he's a very intense dude. And when you learn more about him and how he's like professionally trained, um, you like you take him like you take him a little more seriously. Yeah, he got Tom Holland ready to audition for Spider Man, uh, as Tom Holland was getting him ready to audition for what would turn out to be uh, the Punisher. Did not know that. Uh, they they I think they work for like the same agency or something. Uh. Um. Hmm. So very yeah, just random interesting thing. Anyway, those who wish me dead was a really good movie. Um, if you if you liked hating old dude, Littlefinger, yeah, you're gonna like this movie. You just keep <laughs> keep liking to hate him. Good. Also, this isn't really a spoiler. The black woman in this movie cast her in everything. Cast her. Everywhere, I, I'm so sad that I don't have her name up. But cast her in every fucking thing there is. She was wonderful, and that character was wonderful. That black woman got her shit together immediately. I always worry about the black women in these survival movies, but holy shit, she was wonderful. Cast her in every single thing there is. Yeah, um, no bullshit. Wonderful. Speaking of casting, let's uh, go. You just reminded me. Shout out to Regina King, who's going to direct the film adaptation of Bitter Root. Let's go by David Walker and Sanford Green. David Walker is a titan in this business. Yeah, so glad yeah. he's getting his due, and definitely fine ass Regina King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm so happy we're 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 adopting more black things by black people. Yep. Um, I could not be happier. Um, For those of you who don't know, it's a comic book about a basically about a, a family, a black family who a back, black family of monster hunters, multi generational monster hunters. Yeah, from and it takes place during like the 1920s Harlem Renaissance. Yeah, and it's uh yeah it's, it's, it's pretty it's a pretty dope series. I have to catch up on it actually. It's, yeah. It was really good when I started. I'm going to go back and start all over. Just, Same. I'm just going to completely start over. And, Same. Yeah, that's I dope. think they just finished uh, Volume Two. Dope. So I can probably get it on uh, you know trade she, paper. You know she's gonna swing that that Watchmen experience and make this shit dope too, bro. Don't remind me about how fine and how wonderful she fucking was on Watchmen. Every scene mm. in all that tight black leather, baby. That <laughs> <laughs> would go bring that shit back. <laughs> Welcome to Ozwatch. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, definitely happy for her. 
as long as we're starting out with love and positivity, um, Jaden Smith, I'm giving flowers to this week. Oh, dope. Uh, round of applause for the son of Fresh Prince. Um, Jaden Smith has opened a restaurant where he can give where where he can give homeless people food to eat. Yeah, it's uh, it's named after his "I Love You" food truck. The name of the restaurant is "I Love You Restaurant." Mm-hmm. It's a vegan restaurant, and yes, um, if if someone is homeless, they can eat for free. Mm-hmm. And if you are not homeless, you will actually pay a little bit more for your food to cover the cost of the meals for the homeless. So. You know, on, on one end, while people might balk at it and say, oh, he's overcharging for food. It's actually a clever way to get the community to chip in to pay for those who are less fortunate. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about when we talk about community. Um, this makes me immensely happy because and, and this is why I love Jaden, uh, because as much shit as he gets for being weird or whatever and. I know there are people railing on him for saying that he was that he's never really associated himself with blackness per se, whatever the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you know for the various kind of things that people get on the Smiths about in general, just off of being famous and visible, that has never that seems to have never deterred Jaden from understanding the assignment. Yeah, that has never deterred him from wanting to do the work. Cause I wouldn't he wouldn't not long ago he was giving water to Flint, yeah he was giving that just water to Flint and and even just water was a that was more of a um uh a, a, a more of kind of a charity type thing what more of a charity type thing and it's also a very sustainable and eco friendly um right water system as well and very and, and and very interested in preserving resources and things like that and he has just never been worried about kind of. The social minutia that we get, we tend to get caught up in. Um, He's he, doing the shit that y'all thought y'all thought Kanye was going to do. One, <laughs> there you go, there you go. And where the fuck is he at? I, let him, it does not. Don't matter. worry about where it he is. It does just, not just matter. Let him stay. <laughs> right. He, he's cool wherever he is right now. Don't don't call his name too hard. He'll yeah. show up. Look at call his name three times. You hear? Ha! Look in the look in the mirror and say that shit five times. He shows up singing an auto tune. Stop, fam! Don't say you will. Actually, I talk shit about that. I actually do enjoy eight oh eight heartbreaks. Mm. It took me so it, it took me a few years, but that shit grew on me, and then I realized that I was like a lot of that era was me listening to people that had been inspired by eight oh eight and heartbreaks. Mm. Fungal infections also grow on you. <laughs> Just remember that. <laughs> Damn. Eight oh eight and heartbreaks was trash. Yeah, well, it, it, and it depends on your it, it depends on your musical inspiration. Very inspired by because he himself was very inspired by people like Daft Punk and Cuddy. And I think that's what you get when you do it when you do a project when you've been inspired by people like Daft Punk Tra- and Cuddy. When you have Travis Scott produce your shit. <laughs> and just take his whole sound. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, you said that on air. <laughs> uh anyway, uh good for Jaden Smith. Um it, it, salute, salute that man. Yeah. Um like I say, wait a not everybody has that kind of just 
patience and aloofness to just kind of let the minutia go, the social bullshit go, and just keep your eye on the prize. Yeah. And just, you know, understand the assignment. Um, so going into Humans Ain't Shit. Um, we're and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do too much on this because we're gonna talk about uh there this is involves a story that I'm sure we've all read into that we're gonna talk about later. Um, contracts. Uh-huh. I want people to understand that the way that that particular and particularly the music industry. And now more and more of the podcast industry. Contractual obligations and, and kind of these ironclad contract uh, fine prints and everything that we get on. We get on people a lot for not understanding their contract. And we get on people a lot for um, not having any sympathy when they get kind of washed up in legalese. And, you know, people were I know people were dragging Megan Thee Stallion not, a long, not long ago. For that whole mix up with uh, you know Rock Nation and Carl Crawford and all that shit, my thing about contracts is this: we have to understand that when it comes to contracts, these are things that are drawn up by people that went to school for legal for legal bindings like this. And when we talk about that, we're talking about because not everybody that draws up a contract in the first place has the best of intentions. Correct. These contracts sometimes are designed to fuck you. And if you and if you've got an industry, if you've got a business, a big business that has, makes enough money to pay high-powered lawyers specifically to throw in jargon and legal kung fu, in these contracts to trip you up you who may have representation but it's probably not going to be as good a representation and they're not going and these big time law firms who have no less than four or five high powered lawyers trying to make a name for themselves fresh out of law school to fuck you this is a this is a very a very broad issue i will say first of all but what I will say is that most people, most people in the general public, don't don't know the nature of most people's contracts. So if, if your first inclination is to say, "Well, that person didn't read that contract and it's their fault; they got screwed," you're probably way off base. Most people who sign contracts, especially when they're on a major a major level, so to speak, have some type of legal representation involved. And a lot of times when they complain about the contract, it's not that they're getting screwed over because they didn't understand the contract. A lot of times they're complaining because someone else breached the contract. And in that instance, the contract is doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's designed to give you a reason to complain about someone being in a breach of contract. And I, and I remember when people were complaining about Megan's contract and her, you know, she had a contract with her, with whoever it was, Crawford, whoever. Yeah, Carl Crawford. Carl Crawford. And a label was trying to buy out the contract to get her on. And people were like, well, she was dumb for signing the contract to begin with. No, she signed a contract with Carl Crawford so that she can get to the point where a label with bigger pockets 
was willing to buy out her old contract. Her old contract, correct. If, and if you call Crawford, you want to protect your investment by saying, I've, I've put a, a certain amount of equity into building this brand, Megan the Stallion. If someone wants to come in and assume this, this role and assume this liability, then I will be embursed for it. I will be compensated for that. He has every right to do that. It's just like if you, it's almost like the stock game. It's very much like if you build a business, like an actual brick and mortar business, yeah. And someone comes in and says, "I want to take your business from you." That would be the equivalent of you just giving away and say, "Oh, here you go, thank you." No, it's going to cost you a little. Oh, bit. I want a return on my investment. I want to make sure that I get something out of it, not just you get to you get to take it for free. So people don't even know what they're mad about a lot of the times when they're talking about other people's contracts. And it beho- and it behooves someone mm-hmm. to if I if I put if I put money and resources into an artist, mm-hmm. it's because I see the potential in them to not be the same artist that walked through my door. Right. Of course, their value. Kevin Samuels is coming on himself right now. Um, their value is going to go up as I put resources. And producers and vocal trainers and, you know, uh, uh, dance coaches, whatever, nutritionists, whatever it is, into them. And their stock goes up like Megan Thee Stallions did. Right. And enough to where Rock Nation wanted her. And that is going to cost. It's just like people, it's just, it's kind of like the stock game. Mm -hmm. You buy low. And eventually things happen in the market. Things happen with that company. Yep. They advance and they're a different company than they were. And that stock goes up. That's why that's why we say that people's stock goes up because yep. that's what happens in the market. Yep. And you sell high. If that's what Carl Crawford or whoever wanted to do. So there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of that involved in these contracts. There's a lot of legal, there's a lot of jargon that is meant specifically to trip you up. Not that so you don't, not because you don't know better, but because you did not go to school, law school for fucking ten years or whatever. And a lot of those, and a lot of that shit, sometimes is just put in there to go to the other lawyer, knowing that they're going to say, "Hey, that's bullshit," mm-hmm. and rewrite that. Into something that you're going to want to do business with, and let's and let's be very clear. Two things: one, this is no different from how business is done on Capitol Hill. People draft bills and draft laws and all that kind of shit. This is why this is why a lot of those bills, when it takes so long to get like the stimulus done, bounce off of one another because they sneak another another bill. That has nothing to do with the stimulus in there. And they send it to the other side and the other side goes, wait a minute. You tried to sneak this in on mm-hmm. us. Suck my dick. We're not doing that. And it's this back and forth. And that happens all the time. I can see you time. as a politician actually saying that shit. <laughs> the, the gentleman from Texas would like to remind you to suck his dick. Take that shit back. That's not how we do it down here. That's not how we do this shit down here. Not at all. And and so there are people on Capitol Hill 
that get tripped up over all this shit. And they've been in politics all their lives. Yep. The other thing, number two, is that I... See, when you've worked in retail for any amount of time and you're dealing with somebody that has suffered a decade or more of abuse from the common people, usually white people, but everybody... You can I know exactly how stupid you people are. Mm. He said you people. Y'all don't read shit. Not even receipts. Y'all don't know the return policy when you walk into an establishment, which is usually clearly indicated on the door, which is usually indicated at the register area, which is usually indicated on the receipt that you had to be told that you had to be told you had when you came in to complain about not knowing the return policy on the receipt that you shoved in my face. She says 14 days, ma'am. Literally on the back of the thing that you're shoving in my face. This was six months ago. <laughs> Y'all don't read shit. I don't know anybody who has read the terms of service for anything they have clicked agree on ever. Not once. Not once have I seen a human being stop and read the terms of service of anything. Mm. Mm. I'll wait. Including including especially social media. Oh my god. Y'all out here putting these little fucking Facebook and Instagram declarations up. And, and right. I have the right to my information and blah blah blah. I don't own this music. Yeah. Man, get the fuck out of here. They don't care. They don't care. They, they don't. Play, that ain't saved you from shit. Ain't saved you from shit. Because the, because there aren't people handling that anymore. They're all algorithms. Y'all don't know shit. Y'all don't. Y'all don't read shit in the in the things that trip y'all up in your everyday life. But you got. But you got the nerve to talk bad about somebody that doesn't speak legal kung fu, getting fucked over by people. Let's be honest. That's why they call it building a better mousetrap. Because no matter what representation you get and how smart they are, they're always going to find a better way to catch the mouse. Hmm. Period. That's what big business is for. They can always buy more lawyers. They can always they can always set aside more budget for billable hours. There's always a new way to fuck you. Yeah. You think what? And yes, I'm mostly talking about white people, but we're not going to be talking about white people as we go. You think white people just stopped innovating in ways to fuck you? No. Get your shit together. And please, for the love of God, read the receipt on something. A lot of you niggas don't even read the manual. I remember growing up when we had video game manuals for every video game we played. I don't know anybody that actually stopped to read that book. Well, they, Yeah, they don't even make them anymore. They don't make those anymore, I know. But they, like, they, don't even, they, they didn't stop to read that book at all. I I did a little bit. I, I like the I like the story and shit. Get your shit together, and you know, get your house together before you start talking. Before you start talking about contracts and legalese, which I don't know a bitch ass thing about. Mm. Not the first thing. It's actually kind. Of, it, it, it's actually kind of gross. Like it, 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 like people fuck up in their everyday lives, and then have the nerve. To, to talk about when celebrities do it. And celebrities got capital and resources and people around them to get them on point. 
You don't. I would be more worried about you. Just saying. Just, just, a, just a thought. Song of the week. We can do the song of the week. Um, man, I'm feeling. Let's get a little hip hop on them. Uh oh, hip hop, hip hop. Let's get a little hip hop on them. Say words, son. Um. I won't say carjacking music necessarily. It's not really carjacking music. Workout music, I'll say. Okay. Uh, this is from the Cool Kids. Uh, this is Black Mags. Some of you might remember this from the Iron Fist soundtrack for season one. If you stuck on, if you stuck around long enough to watch Iron <laughs> Fist, <laughs> what kind of bullshit? Oh, fuck Finn Jones. <laughs> man, that man said he started. That man said he started karate lessons. The first day of filming. Hey, respect the hustle, though. I, I, I guess. Respect the hustle. Because, you know, I ain't going to lie. Shit, if I get cast in some Marvel shit, and it's some martial arts shit, I'm like, when do I start? They say tomorrow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Bet. I'm, y'all get what y'all get. Y'all <laughs> 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 yeah, if y'all want to pay for me to go see Master Sifu five days a week, you yeah. know, so be it. Y'all gonna, gonna be hey, just to let y'all know there's gonna be a lot of people talking shit about me online. <laughs> I'm just gonna hold up my I'm just gonna hold up my direct deposit stuff and be like, hey, this is what it is, y'all. Oh man. Be These, mad at them, not me. That's gonna be the best IG IG post ever. <laughs> uh this is Black Max by the cool kids. Pour yourself something. Uh, I, I could have done Luke Cage, though. Like, <laughs> come on. I feel man. like we could all have done Luke Cage. Come on. Mike Coulter's dry ass. Like, I mean, he understood the assignment for what they gave him to work with that first season. He just looked like him. When I would say, that's true. <laughs> when it required actual movement and hands? No. When he opened his mouth, it turned out he was a fucking dork. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um, Sorry. Again, the bag. <laughs> yeah, I'm still showing y'all the deposit. I mean, well, well, look, that was and that was a and that was a pay upgrade. That was a pay upgrade and a franchise. Yeah, because they they got him, they got him from. Uh, he was doing the voices, the voice for Spartan Lock in the Halo mm. game, and he was in the middle of doing Halo Five, I guess, and he got and it turned out he got the call and. They, Microsoft or whoever does Halo, um, ended up paying him for the voice acting that he had done, and that he was gonna get royalties from that shit. Mm-hmm. And they they saluted him. Oh, oh, sure, man, salute. You, we can't pay. We can't pay you to stay. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. We can't pay you to turn down Marvel money. So do your thing. I'll take it. Uh, anyway, um, Black Man's by the Cool Kids. Pour yourself something. Get comfortable. We're going to have a good time. And we'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go. I got this 89.90. This is champ flat bill. Black store the cap with the hologram tags. White mag rims. Red rubber tires. Chain frame pegs. Drip shit for my supplier. Dope man attire. Give me about an hour and I have it. Clicking, ticking, gliding, flying like MacGyver. I'm a murder club dope pedal rider. Nigel said I'm good. They get that ink on my bicep. I get busy as a bee on my bike grip. 
chips If I can't walk this sidewalk, I can fly this Bitch, and I'm flying, it's tied to the side That's the flag that I'm flying Add to the fact that it all coincide With these wheels that I'm riding Three-point mags make you think that I'm gliding Shit, nigga, I ain't lying I got a long rap sheet that'll say that I'm tied in Pedal down the hook, yeah, yeah. wheelies on the front uh, Pedal down the hook, yeah, yeah. wheelies on the front Come on, uh, the dino with the black mag, black mag Dino with the black mag, black mag, black mag Dino with the pedal down the hook, yeah, yeah. wheelies on the front uh, Pedal down the hook, yeah, yeah. wheelies on the front Come on, the dino with the black mag, black mag Dino with the black mag, black mag, yeah. black mag Chuck on the pager, yo, I'm kinda bored, ain't got class till later, so open garage, and I don't really know which way to go, I ain't tryna skate it though, and my bike's illegal, so they sent for the law, but I don't care, yo, I just keep on pedaling, ride past shorty light skin with no melanin, shirt look like somebody stuffed two melons in, had to stop so I could preach like reverend, I grip on the handbrake and say, what up, I skip on the handshakes, I'm straight, what else, I got two pegs on the back, and you Got two legs under your skirt, so hop. We head to the dope pedal headquarters. You would be there if you could. Chuck got the red wheels and the white mags, but it's all good. Got the go hundred spokes like boys in the hood with the lime green frame. Dollars on the bike seat, handlebar grips is the same as my Nike. And the mode that goes, I use for my spokes and the frame is the same as I use for my chain. Pedal down the hook, yeah, wheelies on the front. Pedal down the hook, yeah, wheelies on the front. Come on, the dyno with the black mag, black mag, dyno with the black mag, black mag. Black mag, I know with the pedal down the hook, yeah, it's really from the front. Pedal down the hook, yeah, it's really from the front. Come on, the dino with the black mag, black mag, I know with the black mag, black mag, black mag, I know with the. And that was mm. Black Mags by the Cool Kids. Had to get a little hip hop on them. Couple of cool kids. Yeah, uh, you know, I love that they, they. It ain't broken. They don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. They they were dope when they. They, they were kind of dope when they came out, man. Yeah, they, they were just uh, you know, they were just trying to do that hip hop, hip hop. When you know shit was turning the other way, you know, baby. I can't get jiggy to that shit, man. Can't get jiggy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do appreciate people, I, and I I I love hip hop and I love rap on kind of a lot of different fronts. Um, I do appreciate when artists, especially the young people, come up and they really try to stay in that lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's a it's a hard road these days. To be in the hard rapping lane. Oh, I know all too well. Be in the hard rapping lane. That's a. Yeah. That's not a phone call you get as often as, you know, baby. You know, yeah, you know, I. Uh, I was one of those rapping ass rapping niggas. It's true. It's true. Um, and uh, you know, even then. Yeah, it's a it's a tough road, man. You got you got to love what you do. Um, so like. 
You gotta love what you do. It's true. I, you know, I'll say that because this very easily could have been a different kind of podcast. Mm. What kind of podcast could it have been? Um, I'm not. You know what? I'm not gonna do that. That's messy. Damn. That's messy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I tried. This could have been. I will say this could have been a very preachy, condescending podcast. Informing people about things they already know. Oh. Um, or the things that I secretly don't have the range to report on. I feel you. Um, it could have easily been, been a very different kind of podcast. It could have easily been, you know, I, and cause I, this, I, I've told you before, this, there are a few people that want, that were like, when are you going to do a podcast? When are you going to come with me and do my podcast or whatever? Mm-hmm. And they were looking for a different kind of Oz. That I actually am and a kind of a version of me that they made up in their head. I am not the boring version. The, the, right, the boring I'm yeah, not Charlemagne. I'm I'm not Charlemagne, guys. I'm not. I'm I'm I have no it there are people that kind of felt like that. The, oh, he'd just be saying this wild shit. But when you look uh, at them, the wild shit that I'm saying is reasonable shit and you just have been around fuck shit all your life. Even when we talk about Jason Whitlock? No, no, that's a different thing. Okay. Fuck, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Fuck Jason Whitlock. Um, if Since you- nobody else will. Shit. Let's see what's going on. Oh, there, there's one thing that took place last week that I wanted to touch on um, that kind of slid under the radar. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I want to talk real quick about why I don't give a fuck about Will Smith and his dad bod. <laughs> I'm going to stay on that fucking bomb button. This is going to be a long day. Mm. Tell you about Will Smith. Let me say, and, and, before, and, and before I go, and before I really just go, let me say, I am a Will Smith fan. There aren't a lot of movies that Will Smith has done that I hate. Um... Fresh Prince is one of my is is probably my favorite sitcom of all time. Like when I think of what a good black everything a good black sitcom ought to be, I think of the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, you don't think of the Upshaws. <laughs> Stop it, Damien. Why Stop. is Netflix doing sitcoms? Bro? It, <laughs> Why is Netflix doing sitcoms? Like. Stop it, Damien. No, no, and I'm going to get to that. Actually, you know, let me go ahead and just go off on that real quick. Netflix, look, we we think it's great that you're investing, that you're taking more of an investment in black content. We think it's great that you're taking more of an investment in putting black people center stage. What we don't want is another drop in the bucket of people doing shit that TV One and Bounce and all these other networks that niggas don't watch do all the time, which is these bum ass, which is these bum ass little sitcoms that re that refurbish B and C list niggas from 1998, like Omar Gooding and Bill Bellamy. If Mike Epps is your lead actor, you're not. You're in oh, trouble. You're not a. You're not a very good show. You're in trouble. Period. And, and, and now don't get me wrong Jamie Foxx is kind of down for anything So if you get Jamie Foxx If you pitch Jamie Foxx and he likes your idea And he's down for it And you've got the green light to do it If you've got Jamie Foxx Go ahead and capitalize on Jamie Foxx Because he's at this point in his career Where it doesn't really matter And he's gotten the bag Several times over Yeah. 
And he's just going to do some shit because it's fun and he would like his, do- his, his kids to see him doing something fun. Fine. Y'all are in a very corny lane right now. It all, and I haven't watched all of the Upshaws or whatever. I watched enough because I think Kim Fields is still fine. I watched one. I didn't get through the one. Kim Fields is still attractive. That's, that'll catch me for about five minutes. Also, shout out to Gabrielle Dennis. Never going never gonna to be mad about Gabrielle Dennis getting work. Um, it's very 90s. It's very UPN. You it, know, we had... I, it's cornball to me. Actually, no. I was going to go on a tangent, but I'm not. Most most sitcoms, most sitcoms are just very generic. You know, you true. Can, you just have people. There's a formula. Yeah, you just have people in a place that do things, and you hope people laugh at it. Um, the Upshaws is one of those generic sitcoms. That's I, Mike Epps' lane. Yeah, I used to much. I used to feel that way about my wife and kids. I am not one of these people that was entertained by my wife and kids. I used to feel that way about um, most of the UPN sitcoms, actually. Right. Um, hate me. Felt that way about Moesha. I mean, you... Well, okay, I like Moesha, but I, but then again, I was like in sixth grade and a Brandy stan. Yeah. <laughs> so I, think, I, was, I was the target audience. Yeah, Moesha appealed to a, to a specific target audience. I just like, okay, it's... It's a sitcom, but uh, I, but I also think that was necessary. As, as, as good or bad as it was, I yeah. think that was necessary because there were white kids on the Disney Channel mm-hmm. getting away with way less quality. Oh man, that are superstars. Zach Efron is Zach Efron has has been has gone from mediocre to superstar back to willingly not fucking with Hollywood yeah. like twice over. Yeah, off of bullshit. So I, I'm always down for the opportunity. For us to to cash in on that, I always say yeah. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at that because we're not reaching true equality until we get to be as average and mediocre as the white people are. Hit him with the air horn. Because let's be honest, y'all talk a lot of shit about Michael B. Jordan and what he can and can't do, and y'all the same motherfuckers that have let Mark Wahlberg be trash with impunity for thirty fucking years. Uh. Let's go. So I don't want to hear that shit. Y'all, some of the motherfuckers y'all have let get away with just because they got hip hop abs. Mm. Get the fuck out of here. Y'all, y'all sat through two Transformers movies over bum ass Mark Wahlberg. Well, there's also Megan Fox. No, Megan Fox, Megan Fox been gone since two. Oh, okay. Megan Fox, well, Megan Fox said that shit to Michael Bay talking about he a Nazi. Oh, well. Megan Fox went off on Michael Bay talking about he was a Nazi, and we never saw Megan Fox in anything relevant ever again. Was she anything relevant before? No. Shit. <laughs> okay. in, 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 in Brian Austin Green's bed. That's mm. it. That's it. Very irrelevant. <laughs> I could not be any less interested in that. Shout out to Brian Austin Green, a.k.a. Uh, Channing Tatum 1.0. Why are we shouting him out, though? <laughs> The bag. Look, look. <laughs> I bad. Those are his initials. <laughs> the bag. Oh man. Uh, but yeah. I, so yeah, I I give Michael B. Jordan and these people that y'all talk so bad about a break. Anthony Mackie too. 
Cause y'all have let y'all have let white bullshit that's twice as bad go with complete impunity. So I don't want to hear that shit about what Michael B. Jordan can and can't do. Yeah. Let him get this whole bag. I hope he I, I hope he I hope he stars in some shit with Anthony Hopkins and Judy Dench later. Damn. I swear to God, I do. I do. I want him I want him to be in all the shits. The King's speech, all that bullshit. <laughs> what were that shit was that Kevin Hart did with uh Brian Cranston? Oh God! Well, um, um, oh God! The upside, sure. Oh man, which that- was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> so Will Smith, Will Smith, boy. Anyway, I told you it was going to be a tangent. Um, here's why I don't give a fuck about Will Smith and his dad bod. First of all, that's not a dad bod. I'm so sick. Of, I'm so sick of anybody that has been perfect looking. Perfectly chiseled all their life, suddenly not being as perfectly chiseled, and that's considered a dad bod. Because if that's a they, y'all did Zach Efron like this like a year or two ago, yeah, when he came out and said that he wasn't fucking with Hollywood and he wasn't, and you know he still looks good, but that he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna have that perfectly chiseled body ever again because he put his body through a lot of torture to get there. He was still going to the plastic surgeon though. He yeah, he does look like a young David Hasselhoff right now. I was gonna say Mickey Rourke, but yeah, go Damn. off. Um, Damn. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not good. It's not good. Damn. You can't. Yeah, you know, that was a little botched. Yeah, Will Smith been a father for at least twenty years, and he just got a dab on like the last two months. Right, because <laughs> on the Fresh Prince reunion, he looked fantastic. Yeah, at Bad Boys for Life, he looked fantastic. He had to fake being out of shape. To race Martin Lawrence, who is real life out of shape. I, and I'm not mad at Martin Lawrence either because that nigga told y'all, fuck y'all, I ain't doing all that Marvel, all that Marvel movie workout shit. Yeah, he's not doing what um, Chris Evans and them is doing. Fuck I, that. I was going to say Stuber because I don't know his real Stuber. name. Stuber. <laughs> Fucking uh, to Batista. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That movie was stupid. Yeah. But I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about the. Yeah, the Indian guy. I, oh, I, I, um, uh, just call him Stuber. Yeah, Stuber. Just call All him Stuber. right. All right. I was gonna, I, I was gonna call him Silicon Valley. I know. But, wow, we're both equally disrespectful. Yeah, but you know, he's also probably taking human growth hormone. Uh, one, one hundred percent. But so Will Smith, I don't give a fuck about him because one, Will Smith ain't fat. Will Smith had to that little picture he showed y'all. Will Smith had to actively. Extend his gut. He was poking it out. He had to Pause extend his gut to to make it look fatter than it actually was. If you have to stick your gut out at fifty, you're not fat. Second of all, even if he was, even if he did have a little pudge, he fifty. Ain't nobody looking for Will Smith to look like he did in iRobot. <laughs> Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody looking for Will Smith to still be a to still be a fucking bodybuilder. If he if he came to the if Will Smith came to the fucking cookout tomorrow, like he is now, wouldn't nobody say shit? Wouldn't nobody be like, oh, you're getting a little thick, huh? No. Cause he, one, Will Smith could still beat your ass. First and foremost. Can't beat my ass though. Second of all, Will Smith could still fuck your girl. Your girl would fuck Will Smith 
tonight. Probably so. Probably so. Yeah. What are we saying? Like, what? Will Smith is also rich enough to have like you know the best nutritionists and you know a training team and, and the best facilities available to him. So what? To get back in shape in like a week and a half. A week and a half. And then we find out he isn't this a part of some, a content rollout. Of course. Will doesn't do shit unless he's got a partnership with YouTube or somebody. <laughs> so now we know that this is a content rollout. Yeah. Where he, where it's going to be him getting getting back on the road, getting back to whatever. Get the fuck out of here. Will Smith has spent the past 30 years benefiting from basically reaping every benefit you could possibly have from being conventionally attractive. The entire 90s, most of the 2000s mm-hmm. so far, being conventionally attractive and reaping every single benefit. So he doesn't have anything. He's won them all. He, he's still fucking. His wife is Jada Pinkett Smith. Presumably. Um, so far. Presumably. <laughs> but you know, a lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of times, a dude, you know, suddenly looking to get back in shape, you know, sometimes it means. They on that Mr. Incredible. They're they trying to stunt for somebody. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, Mr. Credible. You you remember Mr. Incredible? All of a sudden, he started. Yeah, he started getting back on it, and Mrs. Incredible, the last girl, started thinking he was on that bullshit. This <laughs> was what she kind of technically was. Anybody heard from Margot Robbie lately? And see, right there, if we go through all the people that Will Smith and his maybe maybe not open marriage. All the people that he is, uh, all the co-stars that he is alleged to have knocked down. Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Eva Mendez. Eva Mendez. Margot Robbie. Maybe Gabrielle Union. Mm. Mm. You want them all. Mm. Will Smith won them all. What the f- Dad bod? If that's what you pull, if, if that's what a nigga with a dad bod now has pulled and could still pull your girl. What the fuck are we talking about? And it's just so insulting to me as somebody that's dealt with body image issues all my life. Really most of my adult life, but somebody who's dealt with body issues for a lot of their life. Who knows many people who deal with body issues for most of their life. When we set the stand, when we set the standard for these things as what rich people with resources do, that's a dangerous precedent. Yep. That's why I hate when that's why I hate when people get started on fucking dumbass conversations about Birkin bags because Sweetie, who has the who has the financial capital to get a Birkin bag for every day in the fucking week, when when we make some shit she said the standard. Broke boys don't deserve no pussy. According to the according to the bitch who has a wall full of who has a wall full of Birkin bags and who who gives who gives so little of a fuck she could give them away to her daughter who who can't even spell Birkin yet. But also if niggas That's are, the standard. If niggas are broke, they really should be worried about I, other priorities. I, okay, I know that's right. But I, I just I, I, and maybe that wasn't the best example, sure. I mean, but it's it's, it's a valid point though. If 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 I'm a woman, I'm definitely using that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I and it's it's one of those things where 
Broke niggas don't want to go home. Broke niggas don't want to go home. It's yeah. true. Well, I don't know. I don't know. As as someone who has been broke, it costs a lot of money to be out. Yeah. It costs money. It costs money to be out. Can you give me a ride home though? <laughs> Uber yeah, right. Uber's add up. And so making Will Smith the standard for what's a dad bod is crazy to me. And I don't feel a lot of sympathy, one, because this is an album rollout. So I, I can't attribute this to some body positivity thing. It's a fitness thing, which is way different. Mm-hmm. And we are, and this is coming out of a pandemic where people were gaining weight as a coping mechanism with not dying for not dying. True. This was a like every like a lot of things people went through at home were survival mechanisms. This was a year of survival. And if you come out with a if you come out a few pounds heavier than you did before when you thought it was going to be a fucking hot girl summer, well, I think that's a small price to pay for your respirators for your respiratory system not melting out of your fucking asshole. Is that a COVID symptom? I don't know at this point. We'll just assume it is. I'm vaccinated, so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that's fighting. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I just, it's just, it's very disappointing, and it's weird. It's like we came out of this. It's like we came out of this thing more shallow. Well, they only people only had themselves to look at it for like a year. Well, that's true too. That's true too. <laughs> I've been looking at this damn afro for I've been looking at this damn afro for now for like fourteen months. Not a lot of human interaction for a lot of people, so they they've only had self reflection, literally and figuratively. So they've had to relearn the human experience. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I mean, it it it, it gets kind of socially awkward sometimes when you don't really know how to talk to people. Yeah, sometimes I remember going back into the workplace in October and kind of talking to people. Some people for the first time in, you know, six months. And it's just like, I don't know how words do things now. Fair enough. That's fair. But I also wasn't going around talking about, look at me, I got a dad bod. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the worst shape of my life. Man. Nigga, I say that every year. (laughs) I will say, if that's the worst shape of Will Smith's life, Will Smith ain't got a lot to worry about. Um... So yeah, I love Will Smith and I love his content. And I love that he he's, he's have, he has so much fun on social media. But in this case, in the case of dad bods, fuck Will Smith. Honestly, fuck Will Smith. Um, what else we got on the docket? Um, should we get right to it? I'm almost afraid to get right to it. Um, actually, the J Cole album. Ah. Uh, J. Cole dropped a new one. He did. Um, some people called it a it's a it, it's an album by his definition. Some people called it a mixtape. I didn't get a mixtape vibe off of it, though. I really, I have to say, I enjoyed it. I made it all the way through it. I made it all the way through too, which is a major accomplishment for me. Um, you know, J. Cole is weird for me. It's like for me, J. Cole is like Janelle Monae of rap. Mm-hmm. I should like his music a lot more based on my other musical tastes, mm-hmm. but I just 
Don't? Not interested. Okay, fair enough. Um I'm a passive I'm I'm a I'm a, a casual J. Cole fan. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I'm a casual J. Cole fan. I like some singles he's put out, you know, there's some there's some features he's done that definitely enter my rotation kinda often. Um it took me a while to get onto him uh album wise. I used to call him the gluten free version of Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> which even now I don't think is far off. Yeah. Uh, there's a even even though Kendrick's stuff is kinda chill, there's a sensational there's a sensational aspect to his his lyricism, and there's a sensational aspect to uh, his brand of storytelling. J. Cole is more; it leans more towards the R and B side of that. He leans more towards the lo-fi, chill aspect of that, and that's what I had to embrace about J. Cole, and that's why I actually really like this album. Um, cause I think it really taps into that aspect of who he is as an artist. Um, in particular, I have to say as far as standout joints go in particular, I really like 21 Savages feature. That was the, uh, my life. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to the, shout out to the homie Jake one who produced that. Hey, the one song I listened to more than once. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jake is good, man. Jake, um, anyway. that was hot. I like that. Not a plug for Jake. Don't want Jake to get too too big headed about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, um, that's a joint. I yeah, I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed a lot of that shit. But in in particular, I was very impressed with Twenty One Savage. My life was, is all I have. My rhyme, my pen, my pad. Shout out to Pharaoh Munch who came up with that also. They don't, I was say they don't know about that one. They don't know about that one. Um, I think that. From I, I think that for me, when you embrace the kind of more lo-fi aspect mm-hmm. of what Cole does, I I think that's where I'm I, I'm leaning into uh, appreciating him more. Actually, what, one thing that I do appreciate, and, and shout out to to the homie Jessica for bringing this up. What up, Jess? Yeah, and she she brought this up um, actually in reference to Nicki Minaj. It's refreshing nowadays to hear people actually rap rapping. Yeah, and not not auto crooning. Yeah, as I call it, you know that that Roddy Rich shit. Yeah, you know it, it was it's refreshing to hear people actually rapidly rapping, and and not just 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 doing a horribly out of tune, non melodic, robotic, uninteresting shit. Um. Yeah, so you know, so with that, I mean, that's why I think it was more palatable for me. I was able to listen to it since a lot of the shit that I've come across lately has been kind of the, ooh, the shit my niece listens to. Oh man, <gasps> what, what is your niece listening to right now? I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay, it, exactly. I'm, because I'm old and washed. It, I'm, <laughs> I'm at that age where I'm like, what is that shit? Um. The niggas whose names you can't pronounce on the on the freshman class that just it's, sounds it's, like noise. <laughs> that boy don't have any vowels in his name. How you pronounce <laughs> Um, back in my day, you know, we called women niggas and bitches. <laughs> Y'all out here? <laughs> God damn it! Ah. Uh... 
Um, oh god! And, and, and Cole even had some bars. Cole, what was the shit Cole said? Talk about it. I can't Michael, quote a lyric. That nigga said if Michael B. Jordan, if Michael B. Jordan called my girl, Michael B. Jordan could call my girl right now. She ain't picking up. Some shit like that. That's audacious. It, well, I mean, what if you ain't around? Uh, I don't I'm think. I don't think he thought it through that far. Because let me tell you, I've, I don't know any women in my life that's letting that's that's letting him get away with that. That ain't happening. I I'd be like, who's that calling you? Hey, yeah, go and pick that up. And let me tell you something. And, and I've and I've been the main person who is like, it, you know, and women always try to convince me. You know, we talk a lot of shit, but Michael B. Jordan ain't really all that. That's a bunch of bullshit. Because the second, because the second a new picture comes across the, the news feed, mm. that shit going viral immediately. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. I'll never forget the time that shit. What was what was the, the joke on Twitter? Somebody said Michael B. Jordan belongs in a museum, and a, and a chick got on Twitter and said, "I am a museum." <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, Randall doesn't know I'm doing this. Oh shit! Uh, you calling Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> no, I'm not calling Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I was, I was, we're just gonna see if we can get an, we we can get we can get someone to pick up. I just want to try something real quick. Uh oh. I don't 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 judge me. You really calling somebody? I am. It's true. Oh shit! Oh. There we go. I was not ready for this. I know. I'm keeping you on your toes. That's that's, that's how content is created. You got to keep people on their toes. I would be shocked if she picked up. Did we get sure. to even throw it off message if she doesn't pick up? No. <laughs> no. Damn. I got her in trouble the last time we did this. Please did leave this. your message no, for... No, I'm not doing that. Last the, the last time I left this person, I'll tell you off air. But the last time I left this person a message, um, for a birthday, I got a, I got in trouble. <laughs> for leaving a birthday message, I got her. I, well, I got her in trouble because she had she just had it on speaker so she could put it up to her ear, and all her friends heard that shit, and all her friends did not need to hear that shit. Oh, okay. Um. Okay. So you. Gave, I, you gave I just an I, message. I just gave up a little too much information. That's all. <laughs> We're gonna try. We're gonna try one more. Because I'm just. I'm, I'm curious. Because you know, people say we don't ever get the women's perspective, and you know, going into you know the new phase of opinions while black, I'm trying to get. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to improve on this. What is up, Oz? Lala, this is Oz from Opinions While Black. Don't say anything crazy. <laughs> You're live on the air. <laughs> Please don't What's say. Um, so we were talking about the new Cole album. I wanted to say mm-hmm. something crazy though. <laughs> I mean, why did you give it a disclaimer? <laughs> She's so excited to talk to you. Why? Because she because it's always it's always just me representing the 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 bread and never you. Who are we talking to? This is Lala from Play No Games. Oh, what up, Lala? What up? <laughs> okay, what was your question? So we were talking about the new Cole album, and and uh, we were wondering. So there's a line about 
Michael B. Jordan talking about um, if Mike if Michael B. Jordan if Michael B. Jordan hits my girl phone, she's not even picking it up. Um, and I, I feel like so you're. I mean, I I outed you on your own podcast. You're in a new relationship. I am. I am. I am. Uh, oh lord! A little bit of a delay in there. It's all good. <laughs> she, she had to remember that she was. No, 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 no! I am. No, I am. Don't get it wrong. I am. And so, but you're about to ask me if Michael B. Jordan called my phone. Like if you saw I'm if you it. saw MBJ on the screen, you know, or Pizza Hut or whatever you call it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Would you be picking that up? Hell yeah, I'm picking up the phone. <laughs> now the real it's question like is: I'm picking up if, if, if Bill Gates fucking calls, <laughs> and if his wife and, and Mrs. Gates calls, if any of them kids' last name Gates. See, <laughs> no, I, knew I, I, I knew I was supposed to call you. You ain't shit. Bill, Bill Gates gonna be trying to. Bill Gates gonna be trying to pour a vaccine down your throat. <laughs> Go ahead. She goes, have some of this microchip soup. Damn it. Damn I, it. Five like G sir. He just need to make sure the the money is deposited into my account. Okay, that's all I have to say. Now, make sure it's in there. Now in the case of in the case of Michael B. Jordan, what is the conversation with your nigga like? And are you putting him on speaker? Um, First of all, yes, I'm putting him on speaker. And, I, oh, and I've, already, I've already warned him. I've warned him. I played all day. It's like, see, so we're, oh. we're not playing around here. Well, you know. Oh, you know. Man. You got a heads up. Now, honestly, to be honest, Michael B. Jordan, yes, he's attractive. He's not one I would just go crazy over and just, like, end my relationship over. Who but, who, who is that for you? I mean, <laughs> like... There's really, really nerdy, and he knows this. Um, so I have a crush on Michael Smith. You have a crush he on who? The old Michael Smith from the uh, from his and hers, like from ESPN. That's oh, my crush. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So like, like if 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 he calls me, oh yeah, I'm I forget it. I'm packing bags. I'm, it's, it's time to go. It's oh time man, go. he already knows that though. And he knows that we've already we had this discussion, we had this talk. So, I mean, this I was one of our this was an early conversation. It was, it, you know, he had his his view and I had mine. So, yeah, I'm looking at him. Randall yeah. just, just, I, I remember just pulled him up. Yeah, that's the geeky nigga. But you know, like. Lala makes an important point. This that's actually an important step in any relationship. Okay, like, you got to let them know if I get a call from this person. You know, Sanaa Lathan, for example. You know, but now here's where it gets crazy. And I'm not gonna hold you. I'm not gonna hold you much longer. But, um, like, do you really want your? Because it's not just about him. Do you really want your nigga knowing your type? And let me. In fact, let me ask you a better question. Most women already tell the nigga what their type is, and it's usually not their nigga. But it's usually not. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, do you really want you? Like, because if a Michael Smith looking nigga come around. Does that nigga need to be? Does your nigga need to be looking extra hard? I know my wife's type. No, 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 no. He does not need to be looking extra hard. But I like 
my my resume, my, my I guess my past history. Okay, if you were to go through the browser, they're all different. You don't know what my type is. You'd be like, oh, okay, that's how she was feeling at that moment in time. Oh, that's 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 that was her preference. I mean, we all over the years you evolve, you change. But there's some people like I mean. Michael Smith wasn't always my favorite crush. I mean, I had a crush mm-hmm. on Michael Jordan growing up. Like, your oh. your crushes change. That's fair. That's fair. I, I I I must I must not be shit. Well, hell, I, you know what? And you know what else? I'm, and to be honest, to be honest, I can't believe I'm saying this shit. Um, right. Yes. To be honest, if I was my boyfriend, I'd be worried about somebody named Michael because obviously I have a pattern about like Mike men named Michael. Michael oh, Jordan, shit. Michael Smith, like. <laughs> okay, I'm just seeing that now. That's that. That's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Look, and and, and, so. and you actually make me feel better. I must not be shit because I don't want women to know what the fuck I like. Well, you, you can see, I mean, no, you can see some of anything on my stories. You oh. can you can see you drop Lizzo enough to know. Like, <laughs> we already know that one. Yeah, right. but you know what, Oz? I'm gonna tell you something, Oz. You, Oz, you. You you're the type of nigga that will put you you know you hide everybody up you know you just they don't know they don't know she and they're, they're like damn I'm his type I'm, I'm his type and you're like no no but you know what you're a black woman and I'm gonna support you that's well, what I'm gonna do well, I won't say all that I will say I, I will say you know what all black uh, all you black women are beautiful keep it go keep it going black woman keep doing your thing. And somebody's gonna have to tell me later. I think she was trying to insinuate that she was trying to get some, and then in, maybe in my quiet time by myself, I would say "silly bitch." But that is. <laughs> that is what? <laughs> oh, you silly bitch! That wasn't what I was getting at. But no, that that's um, that's neither here nor there. I like I like people not knowing what the fuck I like. I mean, even if you do know what I like, it goes all across the spectrum. I'll big up Jordan Woods. I'll big up Lizzo. If Ari Lennox calls right now, <laughs> it's on the puppet. He's putting her on speaker. I, just, I mean, it's it, 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 it's just there's a big. I mean, also like like if Slim Thug were to call my phone, I'm I'm, I'm answering. If who? Slim Thug. Like like it's really like you don't know. Like I that's how random it is. It goes from it Michael Smith was like he is a very nerdy type of man, and you know. Looks like he's probably working in accounting, and then I got you know thuggish records wrong. You know, I told you she fucking crazy. <laughs> I told you she crazy. Lala, I appreciate. It. I'm not gonna hold you much longer. Uh, tell um, tell these people where they can find you. You can find me at Play No Games Podcast on Instagram. Play No Games Podcast Twitter. on Instagram. And then um, uh, Lala, you can you know follow me on Lala Speaks where I try to be motivational and super shit. This is true. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, Lala Speaks on on Twitter. Uh, Play No Games podcast. Both of these mm-hmm. are are available on Twitter and Instagram. Um, she has a weekly show as well. She's getting on up there. I I salute you and all your many successes. Uh, to come. Thank Bye. you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Next time I have opinions while black, on, I need both of y'all because, yeah. In I, fact, we got to talk. I, I stay we ready. Talk about this man at first we got it. I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. So just, there we go. There we you know. go. You heard it. You heard it right here first. All right, y'all. I'm gonna text you later. Okay. All right.
So we basically just got a new segment now where, where Oz is just going to randomly call you. <laughs> just, just, just be ready. Just be ready. If if you see a, if you see him calling on Sunday afternoon between one and five, <laughs> you know what the fuck time it is. <laughs> I told you I'm, I'm I'm sticking my neck out here. You gotta take you gotta take risks. I like that. Um. So yeah, there's that. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, oh. <sighs> So Portia Williams of the Real Housewives of Atlanta fame. I know who that is. Okay, you know who that is. Very good. We can we, we can bust it. All right. So Portia Williams. Uh, this is coming off of the third uh, slog of a third part of the slog of a reunion for the Real Housewives. Um, first she revealed last weekend that um, she was dating. Uh, castmate Fallon's uh, ex husband Simon. Uh, I and it, let's start with I barely call her a castmate. She been on this show like she been like on two three episodes, really two and a half. Um. So not only so then it turns into now she's engaged to Fallon's. Uh, ex-husband who let me tell you they announced that divorce like a solid month ago so oh, man. people are to assume that there is a degree of overlap hey, understandably I'm, so I'm going to say something that will get us in trouble <laughs> um, I say this having no knowledge <laughs> of who these people are what they do I'm just googling pictures Randall just googled all three of these people Simon looks like a Nigerian scammer <laughs> True or false? <laughs> I was gonna say Nigerian sugar daddy. <laughs> he is certainly someone sugar daddy. Certainly, he, he. This was. This is why I'm not. This is why I don't care as much as some people do because they're just swapping sugar daddies. Fallon ain't fucking him. Look at her. Fallon is not fucking him. Honestly, neither is Portia. I was going to say. Portia ain't sucking his dick either. Let's start there. Maybe his other two wives are. <laughs> and so there's a there's a bit of drama because there's some overlap and you know people get oh oh see it's always your, it's always the person who says they your friend plotting on your man and let, let's let's start small. Let's start simple here. Looking at this dude and looking at the two of them. He has money. <laughs> oh, t- forty million. Oh, okay. I forty was like, million. He got to be rich. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's go there. Because this nigga looks like a bus driver. <laughs> no disrespect to bus drivers. Um. <laughs> he looks literally twice Fallon's age. Um. Let's start with. Um. First of all, you have to understand. People are all like, "Oh, it's always your friend plotting on your man." Fallon and Portia aren't friends. That the connection here is that Simon and Portia's ex-husband, um, uh, Dennis, are business partners and have known each other for quite some time, and she's known them for quite some time, and so the show. Andy decided to make Fallon quote Porsche's friend 
that she's introducing to the show. Um, just so that made sense as to why she's there. And there's we see again, we saw Fallon twice this season. And one of them happened to be this episode where they all came over to Fallon's house and they're all half naked in the pool. And Simon was looking at all of them being half naked at the pool in the pool from his window, as he should have been. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be sleazy, just go all the way. But. I, look, I'm going to be sleazy in my house. I'm going to be sleazy in my house. Let me just let's start. Let's start with that. Don't bring your attractive friends. I'm not going to fuck any of them. But don't be bringing your attractive half-naked friends to my house. I'm going to look. Or bring them. Or bring them. Or bring them. Just know that I'm going to be perving. I am. I just am. I am. Look at her. She looks like what happens if somebody decided to improve upon Janae Aiko. Uh, Fallon looks like... Yara Shahidi without a father in her life. (laughs) (laughs) And and she found her father figure in her husband. Wow. Show me the lie. Just show me the lie. Yo. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's amazing to me that oh my God. the whole—I I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. Just the whole—the whole concept of people being famous for nothing. Oh, not a damn thing! I she's she's famous for being oh, almost famous. talented and marrying a rich dude. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> oh man! So she takes plastic surgery well. Ah right, damn man. What is wrong with you? I just don't what's wrong with people that watch reality television, man? Y'all gotta watch this shit. Y'all gotta watch this shit just so y'all see some shit that's just more ludicrous than your own lives. Like This is very true. That's also why I watch professional wrestling. Okay, you got me on that. One. You got me on that one. You know what? You're actually right. I'm just saying. They're both just as real. You got me on that one because I still watch wrestling too. Oh, who who died? New Jack. New Jack. Rest in peace, New Jack. Yeah. Um. So the so there's the drama with this, and once you once this is one of those things where once you adjust your glasses a little bit, and once you adjust the focus, it's it's still nuts, but it's not that nuts. It's it's mostly nuts because Fallon announced her divorce. I, it had to have been like a month ago, barely a month ago. And let's be real: if you got forty million and you, I'm assuming he's in well in his fifties. Yeah. Do what you do. Do what you do, man. And let me tell you something: if you got forty million, if you got forty million to burn, that's forty million dollars to make all this okay. Money, I, I'm not one of those people where money solves everything, where mo- everything's about money. But money helps. Some of y'all making 38000 a year doing the same shit. Doing the same doing shit. The same. In fact, let's, let's get a... Let's keep it a whole stack. At least this nigga has divorce papers. Right. Some of y'all's inboxes are riding hella dirty. Yeah. A lot of y'all's inboxes... Riding hella dirty. So this same dude went from 
not Yara Shahidi to Portia Williams. Correct. This guy. Okay. Correct. Okay. Whole upgrade. Ain't ain't. Not mad at him. And it's hard to upgrade from that. Mm. From that? Yeah, that's that's not an easy upgrade. Everybody ain't upgrading like that. Yara Shahidi. Man, look. <laughs> look. I <laughs> she oh I will give it to this Fallon person. She is not unattractive. No. <laughs> not even close. No, she is not. Um and and I, I think my thing is like I say, when you adjust the focus on this, it's only as batshit crazy as shit we see every day. Yeah. Because we've seen pictures where her is her and Simon and Dennis and both these niggas seem very good with this shit. How many how many women do you know can invite two niggas of this magnitude in their life? And Dennis got a baby by by Portia. How many how many women do you know could invite two niggas to their house for whatever the reason? And they'd be all good with this shit. Again. I would not be one of them. I see broke niggas do this every day, but it's this is a whole Niggas do level. this every day, and niggas yeah. do this every day and don't tell women the whole story. That is also true. I mean, this is all this is a that's essentially we're talking about this is when we start talking about blended family shit. Will Smith can do that. Swiss can narrowly do that. And Portia Williams can do that. This is like, you know, this is, that's, she's got to have it shit. And I ain't mad at that. Portia Williams could bring me around any nigga she fucking want to. Damn, he's 56. Oh, God damn. Mm. Oh, he's a film producer. Yeah. Hmm. He's got a couple of business ventures, but he's got, but yeah, he's a, he's a film producer. Gotcha. He has multiple families. Oh, oh, he's got like six kids. Yes. <laughs> there was just no doubt in your mind. No, whatsoever. <laughs> All I'm saying is y'all got to chill because I, let me tell you something. There are married, there are, there are people, there are married women who have 100% sat on my face. That turned out to be married. Okay. And I ain't making remotely this many zeros. Okay. Um. Remotely. Well. I'm just saying, like, like. I got the zero part down. It's just a number that comes in front of zero. <laughs> I have trouble with. I'm just saying, like, y'all going through worse shit in y'all everyday lives. Chill out on these people. And, and and it's a lot of people that's just waiting on something to be wrong with Portia because Portia been carrying the show on her fucking back for like two or three seasons now because nobody gives a fuck about uh, Candy's Candy Burris's boring life. Um, and uh, the the older women are starting to get married and shit. Man, I'm 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 not gonna say the name on the air, man, but. Oh, Simon Simon looks like <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I'm not gonna say. It I'm not gonna say the name on the air because I'm cool with him. I would say I'm fly. I'm fly with him. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him when I see him though. 
<laughs> I know you don't listen to the show. I'm gonna tell him when I see him. Yeah, Marcus, if you li- well, no, 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 I'm not gonna nope, do that. No. Nope. By the way, happy birthday, Marcus Black. Oh, shout out. Uh, it, it is. It's either his birthday or his birthday week. Either way, shout out to Marcus Black, host of the Remedy. We love you. Um, get vaxxed and then come on the show. Um, what else we got here? Oh, okay, let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, the JBP Wars. Uh, the Joe oh. Budden Podcast Wars. For those of you that are not aware, Joe Budden has fired his his cohorts, his co-hosts, his friends, Rory and Maul. Um, and it has been a fucking mess ever since. It has been a fucking mess. The whole thing is a shit show. Um, basically there's been a lot of back and forth about why this came about and that, um, and for a while, for a whole month, Rory and Maul had gone, had supposedly gone on strike. Um, and he was, and they were replaced by the B squad ish and ice. (laughs) I I swear, I just call them niggas the B squad. It's like, it's like two of Mario Chalmers or something. Damn. They just, you know, I, I just, they don't know shit about shit. It's like a drinking game with them. You got to take a shot every time. Ish says Kevin Samuels. Um, this nigga's just, and he, and he has worse basketball takes than Maul. It's hard to have worse basketball Damn. takes than Maul. Talking about the Rockets don't play defense. Don't put Harden's bullshit on the Rockets. Harden did not play defense. The Rockets play defense. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Rick, don't you to me like what the fuck is he I, talking I, about? I just, yeah. And, and so they came back to the show for like two episodes. And those episodes were a little awkward sounding, to be honest with you. And it sounded like they hadn't worked out all the issues because they got to arguing about it right on air. And the next week, we come to find out um, that it turns out that Rory in particular, since this is, and this has been going on since 2019, since the Spotify deal, mm-hmm. um, Rory was looking for accountability and I guess maybe some kind of ownership stake in the podcast, which they have. Mm-hmm. Joe wasn't feeling it. He wanted, now he wanted a, a, a stake of ownership in the YouTube Splits. Mm-hmm. Joe wasn't doing that. All of this to say, it sounds like they were. It, it, what what happened was they were asking too many questions about the money. Rory in particular no was asking too many questions for Joe's life. Yeah, I was going to say just for the record, there is no such thing as asking too many questions about the money. Ever. N- there is no Ever. such thing. Ever. As asking too many questions. Um. I don't ask Randall. I, I don't ask Randall about the merch splits, but you also see it when it comes in. That's true. I, did, <laughs> I get an email. Yeah, everything is transparent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and so eventually, this turned into uh, some things being revealed about how Joe feels about the splits and how Joe feels about Rory and Maul's involvement in the podcast. And Rory, in particular, didn't appreciate it and. 
Maul felt similarly, but he it was really more of a. It sounds like from their both of their accounts, it's really more of a thing where he just saw his homeboy for who he really was. Yeah, and for them to be asking about creator ownership and for them to be asking about splits and these kind of things. And for Joe to just fire them, and then and then threaten that if they try to start their own podcast, that he was that he was going to sue the pants off of them, and they'd lose. All for somebody, and this is nasty because for somebody who has been screaming about ownership for the creators, who has been screaming about independence from big business, who this is exactly what he got hired on for Patreon to do. It sounds like he's doing the exact same shit Spotify tried to do to him. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's uh, it was one of those things that I and I knew that whenever Rory Mall would present their side of the story, that we would we would see a little bit more to it. Um, and I and I, I kind of bowed out of a lot of the discourse that people initially made when Joe came out and was blasting them to begin with. He spent. He's been, he has spent the better part of the entire week. As a matter of fact, he put the episode out. Once the episode was out, I mean, I, I, when I woke up, the episode was being taken down. It was like 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. Sorry, and people, too late. Which is already too late. <laughs> if the shit been out for 10 minutes, the, old, the whole internet has it. Yeah. You could go to the Joe Budden Reddit and get the whole episode. Yeah. Unedited. <clears throat> and then he moved it to Patreon. We got to pay $10 to listen to this shit. No, no, <laughs> it's not worth it. No, um, but it, 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 you know, it boils down to and the the thing that I I appreciated about their explanation is that most of what they said lined up with what Joe said. It's just a matter of yeah. perspective. Correct. Um, they had a deal in which they were paid percentages, and whenever you enter into an agreement where you're paid a percentage of the profits, you have a right to know how much you're being paid. Correct. And you have a right to know, hey, every, however often you decide, every month, every quarter, shit, every week if you wanted to, let's see what the numbers look like so that, you know, I can know how much my percentage of whatever this is, is. And it's very straightforward, nasty. But what makes it nastier is a lot of the kind of friendship minutia in between mm-hmm. that went on. Like, like Joe Budden, like this whole thing where... Joe felt insulted that Rory was mad that Joe still fucked with academics after all the shit after all the shit academics says about Rory constantly. Yeah. I try and I try to be that neutral person in some of in some of my friends' beefs, but that's nasty. And when it's somebody that you see some odd several several times a week for several hours a day. I think you owe it a little more to that friendship to sometimes be like, chill out, bro. And even if you don't want to take it on a friendship level, that's someone who's affecting your brand. Like, if, Correct. If, if somebody was talking shit about you all the time, I'm not really going to fuck with them on a business level because them talking about you is affecting the brand. It, right, and our dynamic. Yeah. And chemistry is part of what makes this go. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm like, that. a lot of that shit, a lot of that shit ain't cool. Uh, Not at all. You know, the bottom line is... Oh, God. And wait, Malt and Maul, he was. He said he actually said on the, ep- on the episode where they came back, he was like, 
I knew something was up when you told me that the business part was none of my fucking business. And Joe said on air, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Is there something wrong with that? Tell, I mean, if it is, then fine. But what? And just did not understand where that is fucking rude to someone you basically after episode 10 or whatever yeah. started this show with. Any question that Oz has asked me about the business, I've been more than willing to answer. I've been more than willing to show show him the screen and let him read the information for and, himself. And that's why some of you niggas, because and I'm saying because uh, Lala actually tweeted me and told me to and asked me to talk about this. Mm-hmm. A lot of y'all have come up with this new shit about friendship and business. Oh, you can't you can't do business with your friends. This is why you should never do business with your friends. Don't do business with your friends. You can absolutely 100% do business with your fucking friends. You can do business with your friends as long as there is communication, maturity, and respect involved. And transparency. And complete transparency. Behind me is a wall of records dating back to 1997. Um, Being in a music group with two of my friends. And it's worked out well over that period of time. Over that 24? Shit. Can't do math. Nin- no, nineteen ninety two. Damn. Shit, it's almost been thirty years. God I'm damn. fucking old. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not that difficult at all. Sometimes you have to have tough conversations about things. But 100. in terms of in terms of knowing what the business is, it's always been above board. We've always had contracts. We've always had agreements. We've always had splits. Everyone has always known. What's happening? We all had access to the accounts. And this is and let me tell you, I said this on online earlier this week. This is my nigga. I've done podcasting with this nigga for three almost three years now. It's coming up. Yeah. Anniversary's coming up. Three years with not so much as a as a as a as a as a, as a argument, with not so much as us raising our voices. We've been good, yeah, and because I and because I respect this nigga, it's a mutual respect. It's a mutual respect. It's because there's a there's a respect here that should be innate with friendship. And if and I if you can't if you really feel like you can't do business with your friends, I would implore you to reevaluate the basis upon you are friends with those people. That is correct. Because if you can't do business, if if the Joe Budden shit told you that you can't do business with people, I suspect either you have a Joe Budden in your gang or you are the Joe Budden in your gang. In which case, one or more of you needs some fucking therapy. <laughs> That's true, man. If you can't do business with the people that you supposedly cannot trust the most in life, that that says more about your friendship than it does about the one hundred, one hundred percent. I can it, the even niggas euphonic. If euphonic come back today, if I get the bag, if 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 ever I get the bag off of opinions while black, and this becomes a huge thing, I got niggas that even even uh, not everybody's gonna be CEO, CFO, shit like that. But I have niggas in my in my crew that I trust 
and respect to a point where I don't even have to think about it. I can point to you mm-hmm. and go, bro, do you want to run with me and be head of security? Mm. 100%. We in. Just don't let him bring that liquor around. <laughs> Whatever that shit was he brought last time. Nah. You know, you you know, you fought it. Could be a, he could be he could be a producer he could be a, a he could be a, a, a assistant producer yep. he could be a he could be a writer whatever he what he can look he could be the nigga who looks up who looks up shit online so we know what the fuck we're talking about I don't know what to by the way I don't know what to say what the fuck Savon does on that podcast anymore because Ish and Ice don't know shit about shit and he don't be trying to look up shit for him <laughs> they don't know a goddamn thing about. Anything and he don't be looking up shit. Maybe He'd be worried about the dumb shit he gonna say on his podcast. I guess maybe his contract only allows him to look up shit for Joe. <laughs> Knowing what we know about Joe now, that is not far fetched. <laughs> to have his own researcher, you got to bring your own shit in, kind of shit. And there's been a lot, like there's been a lot of things to unpack here. For one thing, a lot of people have been dragging Rory and Maul because they feel that this shit about they overplayed their hand and that they don't matter as much as Joe. One, I feel like y'all, if that's the case, y'all overvaluing Joe Budden. Because let's not, let's not act like you was just ch- chomping at the bit to hear from the pumping up nigga by himself. Can I say this, though? For, for anyone who says, anyone who questions their value to it, they had enough of a value for him to enter into a contract with them at some point. So regardless of what the perceived value of they are to the podcast, when they made whatever, whatever contractual agreement they made with him, it implied that there was some type of value that allowed them to get a certain percentage from it. So it doesn't really matter what y'all think about whether or not he can survive without them. He had to have felt there was something exactly to even go get them in the first place after he fired the first chick. I'm just saying, you know, and then, and, and then on top of that, I think we put too much value in fame versus fame by merit. Mm. There's a difference there. There's that's two different things. You can be famous for anything. Portia and Fallon are famous. Yeah. Portia, I mean, there's some, there's some, Portia has grown into some merit. But yeah, they famous. Being famous from being famous by merit is the reason you niggas started pontificating and coming up with these conspiracy theories. Boy, I said pontificating on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> about why they weren't there in the first place. That's what happens when you go to a white school. <laughs> <laughs> and and for for y'all to even have noticed that there was static to begin with means they had to have had some value mm-hmm. to for you to be paying attention to. Mm. And and this is important to point out. And I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but. This is important to point out because y'all did the same shit with um, fucking uh, Ray Fisher mm-hmm. when he started complaining about Joss Whedon being a being a piece of shit. Y'all didn't y'all didn't really pay it much attention because oh who the fuck is he? Right. Y'all didn't pay it much attention because oh he didn't do much he didn't do much in that movie anyway. Which when it turns out the movie that was supposed to get made he did plenty. It was almost completely about him. The movie, correct. <laughs> 
And then it took basically every white woman Joss Whedon has ever fucking worked with to stand up and say, no, there is something to what he said because he did the same shit when we were filming Buffy. He did the same shit when we were filming Angel. He did the same shit when we were doing fucking Dr. Horrible or whatever. Mm. Now y'all listen because they're famous. Or because, oh, when Wonder, or when recently when Wonder Woman says something, now it's legit. Do y'all know how y'all fucking sound? Y'all do this every time and y'all write people off because of fame and not fame over merit. And then it turns out Ray Fisher has all the fucking merit in the world. Y'all didn't get Jason Momoa. Y'all live and die on that nigga's abs and y'all and, and y'all didn't have shit to say then. If he called, y'all would definitely pick up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and so I, I think this is a lesson. It would because when Roy and Maul finally set their side of the story, which they originally tried to charge two dollars for even shit. <laughs> to be fair, if you don't have two dollars to listen, to, y'all y'all do Kickstarters, y'all do band camps, y'all you know y'all y'all donate to band camp for two dollars. You don't have two dollars to to hear the side of the story. Of something that you are this invested in to be plugged into social media about in the first place. Well, I don't know. I am. I am niggas. Because <laughs> I, I definitely looked at that. I, I definitely looked at it and went, "Oh, oh, it did I, it." I wait for the free link. Oh, I didn't pay either. It did end up on YouTube like an hour later. Yeah. Um. And so you didn't want to hear these niggas because oh, they're just Rory and Maul. But they were saying most of the shit they were saying was confirming things that Joe Budden said out of his own mouth and that he has become the very thing. And it just confirms the thing that I've said on this podcast all the time. Y'all don't really want equality or freedom or things to change. Y'all want, y'all want things to change for you Mm -hmm. so that you have leeway to do the same shit that was done to you. That's you want privilege. That's a different thing. Mm. And a lot of you niggas from fucking uh, PPE Twitter. <laughs> PPP Twitter. PPP Twitter. PPP loan Twitter. <laughs> a lot of you niggas looking at federal subpoenas talking about somebody else shouldn't or should, didn't, don't know what's in their contract. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. So it's a lot of y'all niggas from LLC Twitter that got LLCs collecting dust in the corner from a year ago. So let's not talk about people who don't know the business or whatever. <laughs> If we really want to go there, I'm just saying, you know, look look to thy own ass first. Um, let's see what else we can run a little long. Uh, oh, uh, fucking uh, Ti and Tiny. What? How? Ti and Tiny have another allegation, and supposedly this one they were forcing the chick to have sex with Nelly. Oh, okay. Well, I, well, I, I, okay. I, that that's horrible. I, I I'm trying now, to figure out how that happens. I mean, I don't know. If, if you if you put me in a room and say either you have either you have to suck Nelly's dick or you have to listen to country grammar again, put it on repeat. I got a decision to make. Put it on repeat. I mean, that's probably going to be what it is, but I got a decision to make. That's honestly, a decision, honestly, mommy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm going down, down, baby. <laughs> Yellow street in the rain. Boom, 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 boom. Something, something. Let it go. Um, shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. Listen to me now. I didn't have another one. It is the rise and fall of Ti is very interesting. And, and I want to see. And, and you know, I'm going to have more to say as more of this comes out. I didn't think more was going to come out this time, but as more is coming along, uh, I'm going to have more to say then. But this is very interesting. Like this is well. We, we're going to talk about Southern hip-hop later, but it's a very interesting rise and fall that some of these artists go through. And I, that's why I'm just, I'm, I'm not watching this, but I am kind of keeping an eye in the corner of my eye about this. This and the fact that Jeannie Mai is now Jeannie Mai Jenkins. I feel like something's going to come out there to Jeezy. I feel like something's gonna come out there. I do. I, I every time I see her, my mom loves real. <laughs> and so every time you see her, every time you see her now, she's dressing a little more like a Star Trek villain. It's still so weird. Though. It's very weird. Her. It's very weird. And very Jeezy. very weird. Jeezy with anybody that's that. Well, it, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. Um. I, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna take a break. Uh, we'll be right back with more foolishness and fuck. I'm drinking straight, so I was gonna say something oh, wild. Shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. You are listening to Opinions Wild Black Sober Conversation with the Least Sober Team in Podcasting. Pour up. And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. And not only are we drunk, I am drunk. Not only are we drunk, but I'm hype as fuck because we had to take a quick break because uh, Randall was getting a bunch of texts about the new Toby Nwigway. So we had to see what the fuss was about. It was about something. Look, y'all. It was about something. I am, I am very glad. I'm very happy that I am from nowhere but Houston, motherfucking Texas. Give me spare horns. Uh, I just wanted y'all to know that. Like, y'all can't fuck with my city. This nigga hard, bro. Toby Nwigway is hard as fuck, bro. I don't know. I I don't know what it's going to take to hear him on some more soundtracks. To hear him on, you know, live to hear him on, just it, it, this nigga doing it, bro. This nigga, you know, there are there are only two acts in my lifetime that I have ever said this is where Houston hip hop is right now. One of them is Radio Galaxy. Yep, 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 yep. New shit coming soon. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Toby Nwigwe. Mm. Southside. Southside, bro. That is this nigga used gregarious in a rap <laughs> and got that shit off. <laughs> Crown this nigga, bro. <sighs> Crown this nigga. I, I, I mean, I always say people give away the crown too early, mm. and maybe it is too early. 
But I'm okay with it. The boy's been the pandemic champion. Y'all got to Y'all got to give it up to him. This nigga has been this nigga has been contenting y'all ass off. I mean, this nigga just made it to where Sunday is his day. If you're looking for some new Toby shit, be looking on your social media Sunday. If you're looking for some opinions while black, look for that shit on Monday. Most weeks. Nigga. Most weeks. Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time we ain't got shit to do. Sometimes it's Tuesday. And we still go hard. <laughs> God damn it. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. <laughs> You said it, Deadpool. God gonna, damn it. Y'all gonna respect our mostly consistency. Y'all, y'all don't hear... Where else do y'all hear Marvel versus Capcom sound bites? You know? Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Marvel versus Capcom and Cardi. Shut the fuck up! That wasn't Cardi. <laughs> I am drunk. <laughs> I am so drunk. Oh, colors look the same. <laughs> And I specifically assign these colors. It lets you specifically assign what yeah. color goes where. Yeah. State of the art technology, I'm still fucking up. <sighs> it is time for white people must be stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white people. I I love that. They ain't going nowhere. Um Governor Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott. Um yeah, Governor Hot Wheels himself. <laughs> A.K.A. Timmy. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. We're going to get so much trouble for that. That is so for bad. For who? I don't know. I don't know. There's always somebody. We don't have enough listeners to get in trouble for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we were on Spotify, maybe. Well, uh, shit, we are. I'd be worried. We're everywhere, but, you yeah. know. We ain't got the Spotify money. There we go. I'm just saying, we're, we're here. We're available. We'll take that phone call. Sure. Um, Greg Abbott is doing, uh, he, he's, he is allowed for alcohol to go, mm. and which is exactly what, you, what it sounded like. Like open container alcohol? I believe so, go? yes. You could, go, you could go to Taco Cabana, uh, get you one of them weak-ass margaritas, and carry it with you and be out. You can, quite, you quite. can go to the little, uh, not cool cut place, the 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 daiquiri joint. I was going to say, you know, in the hood, though, the daiquiri joint been to go. And they'll even throw in a shot of hand They just say well. said shit. They just put a piece of tape on top and say, it's this is sealed. Man, <laughs> listen. Now, at first, at first glance, this is a wonderful idea. I'll always take alcohol to go. Would you like a to-go cup? Yes. Yes, I would. And maybe another shot of 151. <laughs> um, but then I remembered that this is Texas, where you can have alcohol to go and buy a gun anywhere without a permit or a waiting period. Oh, you're right. That's a bad combination uh, when unemployment is at an all-time high. That's a bad combination when uh, Black Lives Matter is at an all-time high. It's not something to look forward to. I'm a little worried. I'm willing to hear both sides, though. I am. I am. And, and, and the other part of it is, 
it's kind of fucked up that you can get that you can easily you can get alcohol and a gun easier than you can get a safe abortion in the state of Texas. Wow, that's kind of fucked up. Wow, uh, when you think about it. Oh, I was going to say something bad, but keep going. Don't, please. Don't, please, don't, please keep going. Um, I'm I'm a little worried. Not that worried, but I'm a little worried, and especially everybody talking that shit, and everybody can't wait to get outside. Um, just watch out for yourselves. Watch out for each other. It's crazy times out here. There's a tiger running out. I actually they caught the tiger. They caught the tiger. They talked. They caught the tiger. At, the, the tiger. The lady. Some lady had the tiger at her house and turned it in. Of course. There were. There are rumors that the tiger was a part of an exotic black market trade. So basically, they, they did it like Appa. I mean, it from Last Airbender. It definitely was not above board. <laughs> you can't just go to you can't go to Petco and just pick out a tiger. You know? how, how you catch the how you catch the serial killer before you catch the tiger? <laughs> At least they got their priorities right, though. Uh, do they? <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's well, yeah, you're right. That's true. Um, also, because the serial killer was not white, not arguing that one mm. at all. Mm. Um, uh, this in from Vanita Johnson, Vanita. Um, and again, I'm just going right into the mailbag and opening it up, and we see what the fuck we got. Unfiltered, oh, unfiltered, going off the cuff. We ain't scared. Ran made a random call. She could have been on the toilet, man. Even heard the flushes and everything. Ariel was just texting me back, talking about that. Uh, what is this? Hey, I'm talking to my mom right now. What's up, Ariel? Go keep talking to your mom. <laughs> don't don't get called. <laughs> Apparently, it can happen. It, I was gonna say you can. It, it can just happen. You just got to be ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um. Uh, what we got here? Oh. California school district apologizes for offering support circles to white students after Derek Chauvin trial. A California school district has apologized after an attempt to support students in the wake of the Derek Chauvin trial backfired when an assistant superintendent sent an email inviting white students to discuss the trial and death of George Floyd. <sighs> oh, shit. I had to put the phone down for a second. <laughs> what? That we can assume nothing good took place. The email titled "White Student White Student Support Group" was sent to Piedmont. Oh, this is oh yeah, this is California. This was sent to Piedmont Unified School District Assistant Superintendent to students at the day uh, at the district. At the district's two high schools, the day after jurors in Minnesota convicted Chauvin on April 20th. The email offered a restorative community circle to support white students who would like to discuss how the trial, verdict, and experiences related to the George Floyd murder are impacting you. They should have allowed at least one Jamal to attend that meeting. <laughs> and there was not. Or either that... Or they invited him. He said, John ain't paying me enough for that shit. No, I would have volunteered to go. I want to see what the fuck y'all got to talk about. To invite white students to talk about how the Derek Chauvin trial makes them feel. I want to hear this shit. 
I want to hear this shit. Like, do they do they do they feel bad because um, I, it, it makes sense because for 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 all their lives probably they've they've been allowed to see uh, black people be killed at the hands of police and white people um, yes. without repercussion, and now they're probably concerned that. Someday in the future, when they have their chance to kill a black person, that, that something might come back on them as well, and they just want to make sure that they're be. protected. I mean, they saw what happened to poor little Kyle Written, whatever his name is, up in Minnesota, who you know, just who who, who his mother drove him to day camp to shoot people in the street, and they felt bad for the guy because you know those people were unarmed and you know um, they were not there to fuck with him. And, you know, now he has to live his life on the run with a GoFundMe. Be all that as it may, we, and I'm not even talking about black people. I'm talking about reasonable-brained people should never be centering white feelings about black murder. I will repeat that. We should not be centering white feelings about black death ever. Mm. The email should have went out to the black people and the white people should have been required to be in this bitch. (laughs) You literally get a zero in every class you have that day if you don't sit the fuck down and listen to how black people feel about black murder. <laughs> I pressed a lot of buttons simultaneously Damn. by mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> this is, I can't even say, saying it's egregious is a waste of the word egregious. Yeah. I, like, and, and, this is, and this is where a lot of this bullshit stems. If we're talking about social issues, we learn a lot of how to navigate these social issues. White, especially white people. White people learn a lot of how to navigate these social issues, or should be in the school in the school system, because they're not learning it at home, because their parents are pieces of shit. Right. So you learn how to maneuver morally. More in the school, more in the school system, mm-hmm. if you're lucky, right? Certainly for white people, because all the fucked up thoughts you had about uh, all the fucked up thoughts you had about black people, you got from white people, you got from your white parents because they don't know how to navigate the fucking world, because they in the elevator, because they in the elevator asking Jamal. How he feels about literally everything black. So how how do you feel about that episode of Martin last night? The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I heard they had a very special episode of Grownish on last night. How about that? I'm just here to get my fucking coffee. Get the fuck out of my way, That's it, man. Karen. What the fuck is wrong with you? One of, one of my coworkers. I, I remember the. I just, I didn't, not the day of one of the days of the Derek Chauvin trial came up to me and he's like so what do you think <laughs> didn't even preface it with nothing <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how he came up to me he's like 
And I, the fucked up part is I knew exactly what he was talking about. So what do you think? I was like, I, I don't talk about stuff like this at work. Yeah. Well, I know they're going to find him guilty. I mean, it's obvious to everyone. Y'all see why I'm trying to get unemployment. And I was like, yeah, just, I said, just don't, don't say that too loud, man. Because, I mean, it, it may be obvious to you, but we've seen examples where the obvious is not what actually happens. Yeah, but I mean, in this case, I mean, they got the guy on video. Do y'all see this shit? Hey, man, I'm, um, I'm, I'm going downstairs to, to get a soda or something. Do y'all I'm, s- I'm going to holler back at you. Do you see now? Why I'm so trying so hard to get a new unemployment claim on? That's why it got I'm not, on That's why they got me on. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be back out here mm-hmm. with these people. So what do you think? I, 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 I dare. Oh God! If I, if this happened back when I worked at the store, I double dog dare or what? So what do you think, Oz? I am the least opinionated person at work. They got they actually a dude. I was the most, and that was part of the problem. <laughs> actually, one dude told me at work a couple weeks ago, like it's off putting how little people know about me and what I think sometimes because <laughs> I genuinely only have work related conversations at work with white people. He's like, yeah, I just don't know anything about you, your likes, your dislikes, or anything. It's just the kind fuck? of off putting. I was like, I like having a paycheck. <laughs> I dislike talking about shit outside of work. This is why I don't fuck with white people. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> and to be fair, my coworkers knew when I, it was okay. They, I mean, they, they you know, I, I, because I know because I know my coworkers were open minded and were educated on the on the situations. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with you un, with with us unpacking as people. Um, but I had. Customers that were waiting on their books to be sold, just standing there and looking and go. So, man, Obama's leaving. <laughs> the f- what? The, what? The reason. <laughs> why are you in my? Are you now? Now at peak? At peak traffic hour. <laughs> Man, that Obama, he was he was he was something, huh? He was a real inspiration. If you don't take this seven dollars for these fucking encyclopedias and get the fuck out of my face, what the fuck is wrong? And and that was part of the problem. My my coworkers knew all my faces. If you ask them, it was like the many faces of Batman is just straight face, straight face, angry face, straight face. Oh man. <laughs> and, and and so they walk away, and then my and, and, and now this is where I'm okay with white people coming up to me. The problematic person walks away. Every white person that I worked with who heard the conversation comes and hovers over me because they're waiting on me to say the real rude shit. <laughs> and I took the bait every time. Uh-huh. What the fuck is wrong with him? Mm-mm. Did y'all tell him to come over and talk to me? No, I, 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 he didn't say nothing to me. I just followed him when he came over here. He just, I, I mean, you know, did he ask you about sports scores? No, I'd have been okay with that. I just, just ignored him. Are you out of your fucking mind? 
Boy, they... This is why I don't fuck <laughs> with white people. In case you were wondering, when I do go back to the workforce, if you know me in the world, this is the song I hear in my head all the time <laughs> now. Um, send your racist stories. Send your racist real life encounters along with your listener letters. Questions that you have for myself, D. Randall, or any or any uh, guest we have on this podcast. Uh, send those to opinionswildblack at gmail.com or log on to opinionswildblack.com and we can um, we can accommodate you. If it's a long story or something. Or if you want to be anonymous, do that. Uh, let us know ahead of time. We got you. We'll be right back with uh, your listener letters in the top three STFUs. You're listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. Pour up. And we are back. Mm. We are black. Mm. We are opinionated. Mm. And uh Yeah, I'm I'm there. <laughs> I've given up. I I am drinking steerate. <laughs> um it is time for your listener That was a lot. Oh, shit. I wouldn't pay no fucking attention. Oh, oh, I wouldn't pay no attention. That is, oh that's a if, lot. If you were if you were checking off the oh that's a heavy pull square <laughs> on the penis white black bingo, <laughs> Ooh, you might have to check two squares on that one. We gotta do you know what we gotta do that for uh, like one fifty. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. That's a, that's gonna be a one fifty game. Yeah. So every everybody get your tolerance up. <laughs> there will be a drinking game for episode one fifty. I just decided that right on the fly. <laughs> Holy shit! I still think we gotta do it live. But. Uh, now, oh, Ariel, now I'm sad. I would have called my mom back. <laughs> wow. Don't hang up with your mom. Please, if you listen to the show, please don't put us over your mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We just had Mother's Day. Like, you got to. I was, I was going to say, uh, and, Ariel, man, and Ariel, her mom, man, cool. Like, she couldn't be there for Mother's Day. So she like, she like had brunch brought to her like her like her mom's back in D.C. Mm-hmm. So she had her so she had an actual chef fix brunch or dinner or whatever like there on the spot and serve her mother. Yeah, my mother would have been like, uh, I mean, just bring me food. I don't I don't want all these other people up in my house like that. Ariel stripping. Tripping or stripping? Ariel stripping. Fuck that. She uh, she did that on a teacher's salary. I mean, Ariel stripping. I'm I'm. A, that's gonna be the next topic. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna call her and find out one of these days. Ariel stripping. I mean, no judgment. No judgment. No judgment. I mean, shoot me the business card. No judgment. Buy the business card. He said, <laughs> let me know when and where I, you work in. <laughs> business card. <laughs> where does a stripper keep her business card, Oz? Do you know where that business card has been? 
They gotta laminate the business card. <laughs> You got to pull the business card out yourself. <laughs> oh. oh, man. What the fuck is wrong with us, man? We're drunk. What the fuck is wrong with us? Oh, man. Uh, let me start off with... Uh, who am I going to start off with? David Santiago. Oh, shit. <laughs> what songs made you fall in love with hip-hop? Oh, Walk This Way was my earliest memory of it, and Scenario made me truly love it. Later it was Biggie, and later it was Chino XL and Master Ace in 2001. Wow. With songs like with Nunca and uh, Soap and Soda, respectively. I've since grown away from listening to it regularly, but there are still some joints that if I hear them somewhere, I still get a rush from hearing it. The rare Chino XL reference. Right? Chinese extra large. Oh, last time you heard about Chino XL, man. Someone was trying to whip his ass recently. I oh, can't remember shit. who. I think he might have been on like a... Chino XL is swole though. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with him. Not at all. Yeah. Chinese extra large. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with him. Um, I would say as far as falling in love with hip hop, because I know I, I know Randall needs a minute to formulate. Please, gonna be a sir. Deep oh, oh Please, shit, no, shit. but you go ahead. Please, sir. Um I've rehearsed this answer. <laughs> um I the way falling in love is a weird Thing with hip hop is a weird thing for me because I grew up with hip hop from the start, like because my dad was into it. And damn, now you really make me sound old. Well, well, no, I put it this way because so I was born in 1983, and for me, hip hop was already like hip hop and music and soul, all that shit. Everything that was us and our culture musically was already a part of my household. Mm -hmm. So. There's, there's family that you've always had in your. It, there's family that you've always grown up with, but then there are the moments when when you realize you love them. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's the unconditional love, and then there's that love that you that you actually reach down and give willingly. So for me, I a lot of my childhood I kind of took hip hop for granted, but there were a couple of little moments. Mind playing tricks on me by the Ghetto Boys. Mm -hmm. I, I, amazing, fucking am I. I didn't under and and for me to not understand all of the subject matter as a kid, and to still love something about how it speaks to the everyday man. That was love. Yeah. Um. I can also Biz Marquis, just a friend, spoke to me in the way that there are cousins at the cookout that I know when I know they're coming through and we're gonna have a good fucking time. Biz Marquis was that for me, and that song was that for me, even though it was really about a girl doing him pretty dirty. Um, it's a fun song, yeah. But l mature love came for me. Didn't come from me until, let's see, Foxy Brown and Blackstreet. Ooh, Ooh, baby. baby. When I start knowing what sex How is and shit. Oh, oh, oh. I think real love for hip hop and respect for hip hop started with Fuji's The Score. Oh, wow. 
The score changed my whole fucking life and mind about music, period. All the way across the board. I had never heard any shit like that as a kid. I knew you know, they weren't the first to sound like that. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't their first album. Right. But for me, as a mainstream nigga, as somebody, I, I was in sixth, sixth or seventh grade. So I was listening to Top 40. Mm-hmm. So that blew my fucking mind. And there was another one that blew my mind, but that is another listener letter question that we were asked to talk about. So I'm going to save that. But then, you know, but then I heard the roots. The first time you hear You Got Me. Yeah. That is, to this day for me, one of the best love songs ever in hip hop. Ever. Yeah. Ever. That was story. Because it's Black Thought. (laughs) Black Thought is a storyteller. He is. So that was that for me. And from there, I think my falling in love with hip-hop came. I think the next time I just fell in love with hip-hop was probably uh, thanks to Cause, actually. Hmm. He bro- oh, he put me on the, oh, man, just sitting in the chair, putting me on the, like, fucking Taster's Choice yeah. and HISD. Hip-hop, hip-hop. And um, the, 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 the wanderings of King Cause. Um, all that shit was that that was falling in love again, and that that was that was when you know you start getting that Spotify brain, that Pandora brain, that when all that shit mixes in and makes your radio. Mm-hmm. And I had completely divorced myself from the radio at that time. So yeah, that's a long answer, but that's my answer. Hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop. Um. I remember being seven or eight years old and um, going to work with my mother one day. She worked at the uh, health department. And I remember one of her coworkers at the time, his name was Ernest. And he was walking through the halls. And Ernest used to talk to me all the time. He came up to me and he just, he just went, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying oh, not to lose my head. <laughs> and I thought it was just the coolest sounding shit I'd ever heard. I was like, okay, what is that? And he was like, oh, Young Blood, that's the song on the radio. Uh, it's the message by, you know, I, I know he told me at the time, I'm a seven or eight, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't care. It was Grandmaster Flash and right. Furious Five. And I remember later that day hearing the song on the radio, and I was like, this is so cool. It's like a song, but they're not singing. They're doing like poetry. Right. Ah, this is so cool. And I got I got addicted to that song because it was just a different way of performing. You know, as someone like me who can't sing. Yeah. I was like, but I could I could speak the words like they did. Uh that was nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then from there I remember uh Run DMC was probably the first major rap act that I was really into. Um, a lot of the early stuff. Um, in particular, I remember in either 7th or 8th grade, whenever it was, yes, I'm old, uh, Peter Piper came out. 
Be the Piper Pick Pepper. And one right by, Humpty Dumpty fell down. And this is all time. Debbie Nibble, Dwight Dibble. And he was quick. At the time, I was a dancer. I was a dancer up until senior year in high school. And my friend Marcus and I in middle school came up with an entire dance routine to Peter Piper. And Run DMC for me was like the shit. And then, you know, like the Beastie Boys and Slick Rick. All that. I was like, oh, this, this rap music shit is dope. This, this rap music shit is dope. And then when I got to high school, things really, really ramped up. Uh, Karis One's My Philosophy came out. And that song is the first song that actually made me sit down and think. And it was also a song that made me, it was a song that actually made me want to rap for real. And I want to say that was like 88. Like that song made me want to rap. Now I'd, I'd been writing raps since I was 10, but it was just right. like, you know, just fun shit. My philosophy made me want to rap. Also because of hip hop music in high school, I met a lot of like-minded friends, many of whom I'm still friends with to this day. And the whole discovery of new music became kind of like a passionate thing. Like we were really into putting each other on to, to, to different shit. And, and during that time, especially like in the, in the early nineties, there were shit coming out all the time. That was new and exciting. Uh, whether it was De La Soul or Red Man, Pete Rock, CL Smooth, or my case, my favorite rap group, actually my favorite musical entity of all time, a tribe called Quest. And a tribe called Quest pretty much oh. defined what I thought perfect music, not yes. just hip hop, but perfect music could sound like. I forgot to mention Midnight Marauders. Yeah. And even for me it was Low End Theory. Low End Theory was was an album that at the time I knew someone that worked at Soundwaves on South Main. And I got a copy of Low End Theory the day before it came out on retail. I got it on the Monday. Usually retail was on Tuesday. Right. I got it. Did not go to sleep that night. Listened to the entire album. I would dare call it perfect. All night. Yes. Listened to the entire album all night. Did not go to sleep. By the time I got to school the next morning, I had memorized the words to every song of that album. And, you know, usually on Tuesday mornings, we would all start talking about how excited we were for whatever was coming out that day. I pulled out my Low End Theory cassette tape, unfolded it, and they were like, oh, shit, you got it. And I was spitting all the bars from every song in that album. And it was was amazing. Um, But that, again, those those are changing points for me. That's, I think, the Low End Theory really solidified my love for music. I was like, this is at the time I was like, this is a perfect album sonically and lyrically, everything that I've ever wanted in music. And I didn't know it before, but this is, this is it right here. Everything that I've ever wanted it to be. Um, and now I listen to ratchet shit. Yeah. And I, I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> don't give a damn. I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm, 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 it's crazy. Cause you know, I'm as inspired now by listening to a new two chains album. Uh, as right. I am by anything else, um, Kendrick Lamar's album uh, "Good Kid, Mad City" to me was the last. To me, that was the last "quote unquote" perfect rap album that that's come out for me. It's pretty perfect. I think it was. It was I think for me, it was the best album of the last best rap album of the last decade or so. 
I feel I kind of feel that way about to pimp a butterfly. Yeah. Um, I think I think you know that that's the same as low end theory midnight marauders. I don't yeah. think either answer is wrong. Yeah, uh, it's it's acceptable, but it's you know I've I've always been into music. Uh, I I grew up on hip hop. Yes, I'm a head. I wear my backpack very firmly. But uh, God damn it, David, you just reminded me of how old I am. I'm a hybrid. Like I'm a hybrid head because there are some there are some things that I will cop to loving that the heads just would make wouldn't make their minds explode. Yeah. Um. But you know, I I usually like it. like for me, uh, Gambino because the internet. Mm-hmm. Generationally, if you came up fucking with Cuddy. Mm-hmm. If you came up in your formative years, at least, yeah, fucking with Cuddy, fucking with Daft Punk era Kanye, you know, and getting into that kind of shit, then yeah, because the internet be- was was a great summation of that, and how Gambino loves music and and loves instrument and and actually pays attention to instrumentation and and just really has a it just really has a conscious idea of what he's doing and where he's doing it from you know he goes in he kind of goes into that toby lane for me when he gets really lyrical mm-hmm. um yeah i man i could i could go hip hop all day i'm not i'm, I'm not playing with you yeah, david I'm, I'm really i'm, I'm not playing with you david i'm really restraining myself right yeah, now cuz yeah we could do a whole hip hop episode this if we used to be to. but then the ladies would not listen <laughs> <laughs> um tales to enrage wants to know since i let's see oh which of batman's rogues gallery is the most racist either as a character or a concept hmm um, I got right away. I got to give it to Killer Croc. Yeah, Killer Croc, especially in the Suicide Squad version. <laughs> this nigga was willing to go kill if they just put BET in his cell. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga eating hamburgers and fries and shit. This uh, this nigga eating the, and and eating the and eating what I would call in the hood a three napkin burger. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, calling calling women shorty and shit. That was pretty. I mean, there was a lot about Suicide Squad that was slightly racist, but um, depending on what version you go with, even in the comics, the nigga's name is Waylon Jones. In case you were wondering what what race the giant <laughs> half man half crocodile is, the nigga's name is Waylon Jones. I mean, you can't yeah. name three white men. Two white men you've ever heard of in your life outside of the nigga from Dukes of Hazard, named Waylon. Waylon Jennings. Waylon, you know what? For me to not know uh, all about how racially problematic Dukes of Hazard was, <laughs> Waylon Jennings was my dude. <laughs> there there old, go them there Duke boys. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Killer Croc got to take it. Uh, I would say Ra's al Ghul. Uh, oh. Yeah, Ra's al Ghul is always on some some genocide type shit, though, man. That's that's some very supremacist type shit. Um, and you know, racist doesn't. But he's not. But he's not white, though, right? This may come as a shock. Not all racists are white. Well, that's true too. That's true. 
You're correct. Most of them. You're correct. <laughs> You're correct. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I could I could go with that. And somebody, you know, somebody was talking about how racist it was that they made that Raz Al Ghul very visibly skin wise yeah. is not white. Yeah. Even though you could be fooled back in the like Bruce Tim uh animated days because everybody he drew everybody they drew like was either white white or they would have like a slight tan to them. Yeah. Cause there was the Lex Luthor argument for a long time. Mm. Whether or not Lex was a nigga. I mean Um but um like when Liam Neeson played Raz Al Ghul. Yeah. Who was very, you know, once you understand the source material, was very clearly Asian. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always took that, especially when he was on Arrow. I didn't. That was that. That was when it all went bad. Yeah. That was when the shit started going off watch, the rails. I didn't watch that version of it. Um, and he was blatantly white. Not only was he white, he had like that old man Vince McMahon muscle. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't cool. Um, but. I always said that the argument could be made if you really want to go down the rabbit hole that maybe he was white. That may that maybe he stumbled onto this way to live forever. And to keep this way to live forever, he kind of was this piece of shit white warlord that adopted all these Asian ways and uh, and appropriated it for himself. That's the way I always thought of it. So Emma Stone and, then. <laughs> what? Uh, Emma Stone? Wait, didn't she do a movie where she played an Asian person? Scarlett Johansson played an Asian person. Well, no, but I, I know that one. But I know Emma. Did yeah, she? Emma Stone. She played really. She played someone that was like half Hawaiian or some shit in a movie. Oh, and got dragged. Sure for it. did. Yeah, yeah, man. You got to yeah. talk. And Andrew Garfield got to talk to her, man. That's um. It. But but yeah, so I always kind of took it as that is like there was it was just this age old white man that has been playing that that has been playing at this bullshit mm-hmm. to stay living forever because that's exactly what Asian what Asian people would do they would conquer and then appropriate. I would um, argue that I would argue that Batman is more racist than any of his um, rogues gallery. Oh. <laughs> I must hear this he one. He is a white industrialist. Yes. <laughs> who indiscriminately just goes around and beating up on people and, and, and has placed himself above the law. He's very much a bad cop type person. Well, mm, I, I think the argument there comes where the cops are already, the cops are crooked in Gotham. It, that's, that's kind of the story. Mm-hmm. Is that the cops are already fucked up, and so he's doing the job that the cops are too crooked to be trusted with, except for a, a small few. I put it to you this way: if Batman showed up, if some shit was happening here in Sunnyside, and Batman mm-hmm. showed up in Sunnyside, looking the way he does, Batman gets shot. Yeah, I was just saying, niggas would be like, "Hey, man, nah, we got it though, we got it, bro." Batman would catch that it, fucking heat. I know it's better for you than you know for yourself. Nah, actually, Sit you don't. Your nigga. ass down. Hey, just, just. Just go and fall back, player. We got this shit here. Uh, Like, Batman is just the whitest white man who's like, fuck it, I'm going to take the law into my hands. Yeah, he would catch some heat. Fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah, man. He's that type of nigga. You got to be extra bold and and possibly racist just to be like, "Ah, I'm just going to fuck with everybody like that. He does employ niggas, though. 
Lucius Fox? Lucius Fox. He put he One? put he put Lucius Fox on. He put his son on. Um, Yo, the new kinda, Batman is a fox. Batman is kind of problematic. Duke though, Thomas. Man. Duke. Th- he put Duke Thomas on, and he hard. He hard in the motherfucker. What is now. a ward though? What is a ward? He's a, well. The Duke is not his ward. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about Robin. Oh, all the Robins. Yeah, yeah well, that's some. That's when you don't have. That's when you don't have kids, and you adopt a kid, and they gonna get your shit when you done when I'm, you die. Could Batman be created in 2021? No. An unrelated, an unrelated. They youth. would be calling him the new Michael Jackson. Yeah, an unrelated youth running around in tights in his house. Well, there are several reasons that you don't even have to get into children or race that <laughs> Batman would not be allowed to move with impunity like he does in 2021. You can't even create that character today. This motherfucker got gadgets hit out all over the city just on the off chance he need a bigger and better way to beat your ass. Yeah. The, the, the city would have him stopped immediately. Elon Musk. Elon, what? Man, you already know. <laughs> see, see, this kind of chemistry. You can't make this up. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't trust, and, I don't trust them power walls in my garage. And therein lies the value. Um, let's see. I'm going to get to this one quick. we am run a little... We might have to come. We might have to come back to chefs. <laughs> Big question. You know what, chef? We're gonna. You know what? We're gonna. We're gonna. That's gonna be in the in the top block. We have to make that in the top block in the next episode because yeah. that's a that's bigger than a listener letter. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that that deserves more time. Um, X the Maestro Xavier Hunter. Uh, this is the Maestro's outside report. Oh shit! Okay. Being fully vaccinated, I decided to venture to. Outside and bar hop in celebration of my sister in law's uh, girlfriend earning her master's degree. Congratulations! All right. Um, Better hope Joe Biden forgives them student loans, bruh. A party bus was rented, and we went to spots which I'll keep nameless because they're not paying me to advertise in East Downtown. We call that Edo here uh, for you for you guys that aren't Houstonians. You call it Edo. I call it East End. <laughs> uh, third ward adjacent to Almeda and a spot close to the southwest side. Yep. Uh, let's just say that niggas ain't ready to be outside on their own. There, there wasn't hardly a mask in sight. Social distancing? What the fuck was that? I was exi- it, it, was ex- it was as existent as masks. Um, at the first spot, the attendance wasn't quite up there. Then again, most niggas were outside. Uh, the second spot was outside except for the main bar. I actually ran to Ed Lover at this bar. Yeah. Yes, that Ed Lover. Yeah. And my wife ran into Kirk Cobain's. Navigating that spot was an absolute motherfucker. Niggas damn near shoulder to shoulder except those seated at reserved tables with hookah, of course. The last spot was shoulder to goddamn shoulder. Uh, the AC ain't work. If it did, it wasn't set to compensate for all the warm bodies in that bitch. All in all, it was an enjoyable night thanks to the liquor on the bus. In conclusion, fuck what Joe Biden said. Vaccinated or not, we ain't ready to return to regular-ass life once we knew it. As we once knew it. Well, Mr. Xavier. I could have told you that shit. I I'm like, we ain't never closed. <laughs> we told you exactly what the fuck was going to happen there. That shit ain't never closed. Uh, um, thank you for that report. Thank you. It's and if you guys have any out, funny outside reports, 
That was a that's a fun thing. Go ahead and send that to us. The party ain't gonna be out there. The party bus is the scariest part about that whole shit. Yeah, man. Party bus is scary even when it's not a pandemic. Yeah, you just in a petri dish. Yeah. <laughs> I love how everything is just disgusting and germy now. And we can't close that box anymore. Should I say this? Yeah, I'm gonna say it. White dudes have already gone back to not washing their hands again. Oh shit! <laughs> They've already gone back to it. I've, I've seen it at work, and it's it's like, oh, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Cool. I'm just fuck it. That means I don't have to wash my hands. It's disconcerting when you hear the toilet when you when you hear the toilet flush in the bathroom. You don't hear the 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 faucet go. When you when when you when you are at the sink, and someone just walks behind you and keeps walking straight out the door, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a problem. All right, shit, I know exactly where you sit. Keep my hands in my pockets. I walk by. We're you. doing all Microsoft Teams meetings. <laughs> um, with that said, thanks everybody for the listener letters. It's time for the top three STFUs. Oh yeah, who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? We have runners-up, actually. Uh, Runner-up, Kenya Moore of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And and Randall, in the pre-meeting, made this point, and he is very right. It is so disconcerting when a woman is fine and evil. Because for all intents and purposes, when I watch the Real Housewives of Atlanta, I should spend most of that episode lusting after Kenya Moore the way I did when I was a kid because she's still fine you can you can get most of the things that you want in life just from being fine you don't have to be an asshole too and she's evil and I know nothing about this show and I know that it's the most evil most manipulative narcissistic human being ever not ever in reality TV because Stevie J is a thing uh but definitely in the top five. Um, why is she on the list? Why is she on the runner-up list? Because um, the whole situation, Portia and Fallon, and um, um, you know this is Fallon's ex, uh, Fallon put out a statement about uh, thanking everybody for their support uh, as she's going through this divorce. Uh, it's a tough time, but you know I'm I'm not focusing on I'm not focusing too hard on I'm just getting on my life, um, getting back on the horse and just getting back to you know focusing on me Wait, so forth. All the shit you have to who say. Who is Portia divorcing? Portia is not divorcing. Fallon is divorcing. Okay. okay. Who put out the statement about Fallon? Okay, you said Portia first. That's what I was oh, like, okay. Damn, yeah, my bad. Sound like she's already fucking somebody. Else. Right? She ain't really okay. I'm and good. so. Fallon puts out, you know, it's an obligatory thing. It's the thing you hear at, at the end of every episode of Cheaters. I'm fo- I'm focusing on me and going back to school and all, whatever. And Kenya Moore reposts this on her own page with the caption, The True Wife Has Spoken. For those of you that don't know, Kenya never misses an opportunity to try to shit on Portia, really just for being overall better than her. Period. In pretty much every aspect of life. And anytime Portia does anything that someone, anyone on earth, might consider unsavory, 
Kenya has to jump in and shit all over her because, and this is always the excuse with her, because if I did it, everybody would be all over me about it. The thing you have to learn about reality TV is that when things aren't all about you and that nobody's shitting on you about a thing, to just soak it up. Sit back, drink your margarita, and shut the fuck up. Also, if nobody is shitting on you, you probably aren't on the show. That too. That too. And second of all, the second reason that this is some shut the fuck up is because if there is ever a human being in reality television history that should never talk down to someone else about relationships or marriage, especially marriage, it is 50-year-old, twice-divorced Kenya Moore. Hmm. Because because Randall does not watch, I will inform him. Thank you. His hus- her husband, her now ex husband. I think they're going through that divorce. Mark cannot stand her. Cannot stand the sight of her. They hate each other, and Mark hates Kenya especially because he's narcissistic and he's a terrible person. He he too is a terrible person. Let me let me get that straight. Okay. Cannot stand the sight of her. Would not touch her with a ten foot pole. Went, flew back to New York to get away from her and that reality TV show bullshit. Would not touch if if they didn't have a kid together. Would never hear. Would never hear from him. She has never met her in laws. Damn. She has never met her husband's family. Damn. I mean, and this and this nigga is hella narcissistic. He looks like Rick Fox never did a push up in his life. Um, <clears throat> what's his name? Mark Daly. And when I say now, having said all that, he is an asshole. He is a, and it is it is entertaining to watch him embarrass Kenya on TV every week. This season, even when he wasn't there, he was embarrassing her. I mean it. it, it, it he is an embarrassment. Oh, you're right. He does. Um, <laughs> he looks like, yeah. He looks Rick, like an underfed Rick Fox. Rick Fox with dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that to say, if there were ever a human being that should keep their fucking mouth shut about other people's relationships, it is Black Maleficent. He looks smaller than Kenya Moore. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Oh, he's a little guy. He's a little embarrassing fuck. You know what, though? I'm not going to lie. If I ever found myself on a reality show, I would intentionally be an asshole. Just just to be the most popular person on the show. Like, I would be the worst person. I mean... That's money, son. It's true. It's true. But the, but they don't see. They don't focus as much. They don't focus as much on the husbands on this on, on, on the Andy shows. Like... I know Potomac, they had a situation where they brought all the husbands on. They do have a segment where they bring all the husbands on. Mm-hmm. But there's very rarely a time when there's a husband that is more terrible than any of, than any of the women. As okay. a matter of fact, I think this was the only time, this is the only reunion I've seen where they didn't bring the husbands on this year. Damn. Just Drew Sedora's husband. And he knew he was in the doghouse because he comes out serving crab cakes and shit. Uh, you know you in the doghouse. That nigga ran off to Tampa on Drew, and uh, 
We don't know what he was doing in Tampa that weekend. Right, and we will never know. Can you get more out of here? Banging. Still fine. That's post-breast reduction, by the way. Um, yeah, can you all just shut the fuck up? Um, DJ Academics, I'm going to go through these quick. DJ Academics ought to shut the fuck up. He is having a, a wonderful time with the fact that Rory and Maul are no longer on the Joe Budden podcast because uh, DJ Academics hates them because they are better co-hosts than he will ever be. And um, him trying to be a... Him trying to be a co-host, hosting Everyday Struggle, just did not work for him. Um, uh, this is why he has to make Twitch and his gamer chair his home. Uh, academics, nobody wants to hear from you. No one. No one. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares that the fact that that the fact that uh, Boo Boo the Bear feels fucking vindicated. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry the Mouse. Jerry the Mouse feels vindicated. Get the fuck out of here, man. I've said before, academics is a disease. I know there are a lot of people in the business that have that feel like they have to respect him. Uh, Why? Man, because, because they're good people. Like 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 Van considers him, like Van Lathan considers him like a like a a cohort or whatever. Now I don't have any of those industry ties and none of that shit. Fuck him. Yeah. Honestly, he's a disease on the culture. He he really is. He is a boil on the on the inner ass of the culture. He is a razor bump on the scrotum of the culture. One hundred percent. Got to shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Uh, Bow Wow is also a runner up. Bow Wow, we don't care that you want to have a versus with Lil Romeo. I think Lil Romeo cares least of all. Yeah. I, I think this is just another page in them fighting over pussy that no longer belongs to either of them. They, I, this is this is just the battle of Angela Simmons' exes, who she doesn't give a fuck about. Wow, she don't give a fuck about either. Y'all get over it, honestly. Shut the fuck up. Number three is Chris Williams from Marriage at First Sight. Okay. The season finale happened, um, and as we all expected, decision day came where everybody has to decide if they want to stay married. Or get a divorce, and Chris Williams, the HNIC, the head narcissist in charge, gave us exactly the shit show we thought he would. Uh, he showed up um, just when um, mental, emotional prisoner uh, Paige Paige Banks um, was this close to divorcing him. And decided to get the fuck away from this man once and for all. Um, he comes out and admits that him and the woman that he is having a the, the woman that he's having a baby with or was having a baby with had a miscarriage. If Mercedes, it, let me just preface this by saying if that really happened to Mercedes, I'm very sorry that happened. I can't imagine what you're going. I can't imagine what you're going through. The emotional torment, the emotional toil, and having to deal with that in the public light, because the father of your would have been child is a fuck up. Um, that's got to be a horrible thing. Having said that, I don't buy it. I don't buy that the kid was ever a thing. Sorry. Um, it was a TV thing. If that, he runs out of the room and cries. Not a tear on his face. Paige runs after him to console him. And he starts saying, I'm sorry. I love you. I wish I had affirmed you. So forth and so forth. 
um, and they come back in and suddenly they're undecided as to whether they're getting a divorce. The therapist loses their shit and this nigga says, you are the best thing I never cherished, which is the corniest Brian McKnight ass shit I have ever heard. And Pastor Cal agrees with me because he could barely keep his glasses on and not jump up and punch this man in the face. This took six hours. We we found this out after production. This took six hours of them going back and forth, running out of the room crying, and Chris manipulating this woman before she finally decided to divorce his ass, and it was only half-hearted. This is a man that said she was he was not attractive like she's used to on their wedding night. And then fucked her. And then told her he had a baby on the way. This is a show about people who've been married for like two months, right? Ten weeks. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. And we really, we really are putting the same type of, of weight on these marriages as, as people who have been together for years. Because, uh, well, not to cut you up, because I've explained this. They give you the level of emotional manipulation. Production gives you the level of emotional manipulation in the honeymoon and all that shit that comes with that to make you feel like you've known this. By the, so by the end of at least the first two weeks, you feel like you've known this person forever. Because you've been in their face for two weeks straight. Getting up. Looking them in the face every morning, having no one else to talk to. Yeah. Well, that's what I guess that's what post pandemic dating is probably like right now. <laughs> you yes, know, you, it is. you finally get to see somebody in person, you know, twice in three days. Shit, we go together. I, I, I don't know. It, the, the whole thing is like, yeah, but no, I follow what you like from it from an entertainment standpoint. Correct. I fully follow like that level of manipulation has to be there. They have to bubble you off so that you feel like you've been in this very so condensed they hit, version. They're, they're, they're mainlining you with dopamine. Right. But at the end of the day, you still, even in that short amount of time, even with all the inundation and even with the programming that they, that they do to you, you still do not know that person. See what you're see. That's the part you're focusing on. The part that is important to remember about these things is the dopamine. They they spend they spend the first two weeks, yeah, and the, and even the even the interview process before that, they're loading you up with dopamine. All the all the things the wedding the honeymoon's paid for. You don't have to you go you go to Vegas, and you you're not talking to anybody but this person and other married people, who are being mainlined with dopamine. And then after two weeks, they shoot you back to the real world and they snatch the dopamine away and you just film the withdrawals. That's exactly so. Imagine that. So, which brings me to my point. And because you're not a dopamine addict and you're not and you know and you and you are not somebody who embodies drug seeking behavior. It's foreign to you, which it should be. That's a good thing. Yeah. But to people that, if you're going on married at first sight, you're seeking the dopamine. Right. And, 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 you're an addict. But, and most of these people have tried it and failed. 
and I was going to say, but for me, the the whole thing, the, there's a false narrative that happens at the end of this when you're asking a person if they want to stay married or get divorced. 100% of them should end the divorce. Once you pull that dopamine back, 100% of them should completely get cracked out and be like, nah, this ain't, now that I see shit for what it actually is, I'm good. Like, but they're also not terrible people. Chris is a terrible person, and um, and Paige has codependency issues. Some of these people stayed married because they actually because they actually turned out to really admire and adore and respect each other. I'm thinking too much into it. You are. I'm you thinking are. too much into it. Again, same thing with 90 Day Fiance. I'm thinking same, too much into same it. Same thing with wrestling. God damn it! I, I, do, do I be right? So yeah, Chris Williams got to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up! Damn it. Uh, number two is Michael Rappaport. Wrestling is real to me, damn it. <laughs> God damn it. It's really not, y'all. Michael Rappaport, y'all. Oh, fuck. Michael Rappaport is a piece of shit. Michael Rappaport went on Van Lathan's Higher Learning Podcast to interview about... Uh, Michael Rappaport is what you find when you blacklight stripper couches. <laughs> Michael Rappaport um, went on Higher Learning with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. This nigga looks like a COVID bear. <laughs> to, to clear the air. <laughs> to clear the air. He needs to clear his skin. <laughs> about a disagreement they had about something Michael Rappaport posted uh, and, he, and had a discourse with Van Lathan about on Instagram. And. When I tell you I've never heard Van Lathan lose his cool about anything or anyone ever, <laughs> Van, listening to Van melt the fuck down was worth the price of admission by itself. Listening to, oh my God. First of all, I knew when he started trying to put higher learning on his back, the movie, the John Singleton movie on his back, I knew it was all about to go downhill from there. Shout out to Johnson. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. We 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 don't celebrate you for being Remy. <laughs> what we, the fuck is wrong with we him? We hated your character. We hated your character. It's hard to look at you because of that character. And because you look like you look. You know, but that's the difference there. And and he made a and, and Randall brought up a good point that Van did interrupt him and cut him off. A lot in a few key moments. Yeah. My thing was I understood the frustration because he kept pivoting back to a point that he kept making that if he understood what Van was saying about centering, about trying to tell black people what they should be focused on, um, he he wouldn't feel that way. Like he like he didn't understand that point, and he didn't understand that. What you post on social media and the way you comment on it determines whether or not you are seen as telling somebody what they should be focused on. But what about acknowledgement? And he kept saying that shit. And and Van was getting fucking frustrated um, because he wasn't listening to the point. Yeah. And Rachel had and Rachel finally had to had to come in and break it up a little bit and explain to him in her own very calm journalist way. Mm-hmm. But it none of it seeped in. 
nothing was taken from that. I don't think Michael. Well, Rachel did put. You know that she did put after they hung up. Rachel was like, maybe he didn't get the point immediately there. But the next time he posts some shit, he's definitely going to think about you. Yeah, and he's definitely going to think about what took place here. And if that's all they can get out of it, it's very low hanging fruit. But what else are we expecting from Michael Rappaport? All that to really reveal how terrible a person Michael Rappaport is, and the fact that, and the fact that when he when she asked him about the because he's a Bachelor fan, yeah, when they asked him about the current status of the Bachelor and how important it was in the race talks and how race is represented in reality TV. That's the answer she was looking for from him. Yeah. That was asking too much. He was like, I just want to see some ratchet bullshit. That's not what you watch The Bachelor for. It's what you watch Love and Hip Hop for. And even then, coming from Michael Rappaport, that's super problematic on its own. Very. And, uh, but I think the biggest problem that they had with him was that he's, he's, he was trying to police what black people should be protesting correct he was trying to police what black people should be addressing when they address social issues and yes you know it's it's a it's a it's a deflection that we see all the time when someone is trying to talk about police brutality and they you know he pretty much said what about black on black crime um or actually he was doing the you know he was kind of doing the op he was kind of doing the same actually right and they were like we can talk about both of those things we've been talking about gun violence in our neighborhoods. We've been talking about that. But we, we also have the ability to address this thing that also happens to be very popular or very noteworthy in the media right now. We're talking about you know police brutality and police killings. Correct. Um, so you don't have a right to tell us what we should or should not acknowledge. We're fighting a battle on many fronts right now. Exactly. And if you're not and and if if you're not going to lend your voice to that Instead of kind of centering the thing. And the thing is, we're dealing with that. You're only commenting on it because it's new to you. Right. Because you don't live in it. And you find entertainment value in it. You think shit is funny. Correct. Correct. Much like academics. Yeah. And in that regard, if you're not going to contribute to what we are focused on and and, and actually take the time to really ask why we're focused on that. And take that for what it is coming from us. Shut the fuck up! Then shut the fuck up. And understand, and I, I won't, I won't drag it on too long. Yeah. But one thing that people have to understand is all this is systemic. So even when you say dumb shit like "What about black on black crime? What about the three year old that got shot at the birthday party?" Understand that all of that. It's systemic. All of that is connected. It's even connected to police brutality Correct. and all the other shit. So don't just try to put it back in other people's hands and say, well, what are you doing about this that your people are doing? It's ask, ask why people in the neighborhood are in the position that they have to do shit like that or they're subjected to shit like that. It's right. all systemic. Shut your dumb ass up. Shut the fuck up. And the number one person is, is a human dandruff flake. You fucking <laughs> nigga looks like eczema skin. <laughs> Shit. And the number one person who he's the most racist fuck. member of Batman's rogues gallery. <laughs> Sorry. And the number one person who should shut the fuck up is Joe Budden. 
man. And not be and 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 because we've already covered the part that where he is a, a ter- kind of a terrible person, kind of nasty for doing Rory and Maul the way he's done them. Um, but because I consider this kind of like Ray J's divorce. Every five minutes, it was Ray J and Princess just arguing on Instagram, and I'm I'm blocking you now. You're blocking me now. I'm unblocking you. It's been a week of Joe Budden and devoting his the like ninety percent of his podcast to just airing this shit out on every level. And don't get me wrong, I understand the need for transparency uh, with your followers. There are people that are um, that are paying into this through Patreon. Um, I understand, and I understand you. You always want to be real and transparent because that's what you got your name on. Having said that, there's a line between that and just airing all your bullshit out publicly. And what's happening right now has crossed into that. I always say. When the podcasters go get their therapist, that's when we know it's all off the fucking rails. That's when we know it's all gone off the rails and ain't trying to come back. So you saying we're not bringing one on here? No. <laughs> no. In, in addition to my just hard stance on not getting therapy, um, no, that's not happening. And, you know, the, in the times that we've seen it happen, even the therapist was kind of like, "Why the fuck am I here?" And it wasn't, and it wasn't that much different because Joe Budden went and got his actual therapist. Which, first of all, imagine imagine having a degree. Imagine waking up on a Friday and feeling good about life, and then having to put a smile on and go to work and be Joe fucking Budden's therapist. Easy money. Well, that's like no, not money. easy. I would Consi- say consistent money. That's like being Lex Luthor's accountant. No, Lex, you cannot have the whole house in kryptonite. <laughs> in addition to it being ridiculously expensive, the radiation would kill you in a month. No, no, you cannot. So, just the three car garage. <laughs> Bye, Lex. <laughs> no, Joe Button. Being the raging narcissist he is, I'm told by my astrology friends, he's such a Virgo. Um, I, Whatever the fuck that means. So is Beyonce? So is Beyonce. I, I, that's what I say. So is Beyonce. Is she do the same shit? I don't know. Um, Anyway, just the first episode was one thing. Then you went to Patreon. And it's just you, and because we can't see parks, of course. It's just you yelling at empty chairs. <laughs> then, on Saturday, you go get your therapist, who was right about most of the shit she said, and who, for once, your B-Squad dumbass friends were right about most of the shit they said about how you handled it. Now, all of a sudden... This is when it's enough. I understand it's been a week, and these are your friends, and this affects you emotionally and financially and what have you. It's enough. At least it's enough of us listening to it. Take some time off. Take a week off. 
Take a week off. I know you didn't want to do that. You took last week off. You took last week off. We thought you, we thought you were coming back okay. Take some time off. Get the B-Squad guys to do the podcast. Get Parks and the B-Squad guys to do the podcast. And us reasonable people will just not listen to it because we don't want to have our fucking brains bleed out through our ears. Or, or just take a break. Just take a two week vacation. Just take back. a break. The Patreon people will understand because the Patreon people don't want to listen to you yelling at empty chairs. It's enough. It is enough. Every once in a while, we take a week off here and there. We do. We do. Seldomly, but we do. Let's say sometimes shit happens. You just gotta just take a week you off. You just gotta take some time to yourself. You'll be back next week, Bruh You got. 400 other episodes People have 400 other episodes to listen to Right They'll be okay They got the Patreon shit They'll be okay Take some time off Take some time to yourself Reflect on what a horrible fucking person you are (laughs) Shit I think that's the problem though (laughs) (laughs) I just We're Reasonable people are tired of it this is the line. And we're glad we're here. we heard Rory and Maul's side of the story. There might be, we might be able to listen to a little, a little more from them because you have had several, several hours of content to do this over. We Just leave us out of it. Get back to the content. If, no fan should have any more questions. Which begs a question. Does he have content without Rory and Maul, though? No, in my opinion, there are some podcasters that feel differently. No, he doesn't because mm. that B Squad is terrible. Mm. The only reason I listen to I, I listen to the B Squad is to listen to him troll them with their terrible uh, fan made drop. Mm. New Eisen ish. No, <laughs> it, it does not hit the same. That shit does it's not. It's so slap. bad. It is slapless in Seattle. It's <laughs> that is the name of this podcast. What? <laughs> oh man! All that to say, three hours later, this is the longest podcast I've ever done. Oh shit! It is. Joe Budden, shut the fuck up, please. Shut the fuck please. Leave or, or or keep talking and keep raining the parks, but leave us out of it. And real quick, y'all leave parks alone. Leave Parks alone. Y'all been dragging him. Talk about he a dick. That man's keeping a check. He's playing his role. 100%. His checks are coming through, and he's like, I'm good. Leave that man alone. Let him keep his lights on. Let that that man, I I don't know if that, I I don't think the girl's pregnant, but he he did just get engaged. Yeah. And they record this shit in his house. Yeah. Leave that man alone. Let him keep that bag. Shut the fuck up. D. Randall, did we do a podcast? So am I the parks in this situation? No, because I'm not Joe Budden. <laughs> no. No. Uh, people, no, people have actually said that we're closer to like Jesus and Mero. Uh, okay. I wouldn't say that. Okay. Like the Houston version. I don't think I don't I don't agree with that, but sure. whatever. Uh whatever keeps them listening. Yeah. Uh guys, thank you so much. Uh it has been emotional. It has been drunken. I think Ariel just texted me back. <laughs> it has been real. Mm. Um, 
Don't expect more three-hour podcasts, please. No. We just had a really good time. Um, That last four did it. So, you know what? A friend friend of mine who listens to this show now, a new listener, uh, she was like, don't feel bad about that because... There's no like when like when you're at happy hour with your friends. Sometimes you shut the spot down. That's true, and that's what y'all are. It's happy hour. Sometimes y'all have a, you don't be looking at the clock. Yeah. Sometimes you have a good time. So every now and then that's cool, and the ratings say it's fine. The numbers keep going. The up. The numbers keep going up. I I am dumbfounded at how the numbers <laughs> look right now. Um, we're gonna be here, man. Uh, the the pandemic is not over. And even after the pandemic is not is over, we're still gonna be here. Um, we'll be back. Uh, we're still gonna be here. New merch, yeah, coming extremely soon. Yeah, keep your eyes open. You're gonna like this one. You are going to love this one. We got a few coming. I'm, I'm gonna surprise you with at least one or two. I haven't decided. Yeah, I'm gonna surprise y'all. But the new sum, spring summer line is pretty good. Yeah. Um. Until then, this has been episode 138 yep. of Opinions Wild Black. I have been Oz. <sighs> I don't know how much longer I'm going to be derammed. <laughs> and as always, imparting titties. <laughs> <laughs>